Hello and welcome to Lore Beards. Are we coming through nice and loud at your end? If not, do please drop a comment. And I'm excited for today's subject because it is somewhat of a favorite of ours, I think. Uh, yeah, considering that I I, <laughs> I don't know why I thought the other two options were going <laughs> to do okay. I, I should have known better. I was <laughs> I was surprised how many votes Musion got. Though. Yeah, so was I actually. I was pretty pleased about that one because I'm quite looking forward to having a chat about Musulon in the future because um, brilliant location, loads of fun details. Um, and I also, I think I might be the only person to actually map it officially. So. Yeah, your favorite map, if I recall. <laughs> I freaking hate that map. So let's not even start with that one. Anyway, um, fish. <laughs> oh, yes, today is Fishmen. And uh, this is one of those subjects that is almost tinfoil hat area in that a lot of people. People go, fish men, fuck off. They don't exist in the Warhammer world. What are you talking about? Um, and indeed, as someone who is uh, a great fan of those deep, deep lore dives, I think you might be surprised at just how many times fishmen and their equivalents are mentioned inside the official background. So I think this stream is going to be quite a lot of fun for the pair of us because I think between us, we've got all manner of little squiggly bits that we're almost certain to try and dredge out of the water for you all to see in the cold, stark sunlight <laughs> with uh, the gills flapping going, no, we don't exist. Let us go. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, we totally don't have any experience with a race of mythical creatures that are actually everywhere or something like that. <laughs> One hundred percent. Nothing like that. <laughs> Nothing in the slightest. It's certainly not a Warhammer trope. Um, I'm particularly liking this one as well because um, this is one of the examples of a species that has been seeded not just from the beginning of the current edition or later editions, but right from the very beginning of Warhammer. This is not a species that is new. This is one that has been dropped again and again. And we can also not just confirm, but we can state without any shadow of a doubt that when we come round to viewing what is considered canon uh, by Games Workshop, I'm getting a slight echo at my side. I might be catching your your headset there, uh, Sotek. Just say my step. Yes, it was that. Okay, okay so I will um, move it further was away. That. Your mic's so sensitive, I was hearing <laughs> myself in my ears, or I'm just that loud. I'm going to leave it up there. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, as I, as I was saying, um, we can say, uh, uh, can I feel it now? Hey, Hammond, great to see you there. Fish, fish, fish. Um, <laughs> feel, uh, uh. Uh, anyway. Fishmen, um, we can say without any shadow of doubt or contradiction, are in the 8th edition of Warhammer, uh, yeah. which means that as far as the canon of work is concerned, that can be drawn upon by licensees or anyone else, they are in there. Which means that this isn't just a species that has been lost to the midst of time and possibly could make a resurgence. This is a species that does exist, has existed, and has always existed throughout the various iterations of warhammer yeah and uh like andy said if you go back far enough there there used to be fishman minis they were little little metal guys and uh they their art was uh <laughs> like for the time if you like if you were to modernize it they're quite nasty looking critters they are um, um 
all the way back then, most of the art was done uh, for the minute. All the miniatures were done with little pieces of art. Um, and these ones, as I recall, weren't done by uh, Anthony, who did most of the early stuff because he just bang out um, images for all the miniatures. But as I recall, these miniatures weren't even made by um, Citadel. It was one of the companies that Citadel brought in. Um, and they got their little fishmen models. They look pretty awful. Um, I dropped the original artwork for them on the poster on our advert for this one, because I thought it was hilarious. The other piece of art was one that I believe that you commissioned. Is that not yes. right? Yes, that is correct. I commissioned yeah, it for uh, for a Halloween episode, like two or three years ago. <laughs> okay, so um, with those in mind, um, the main fish, because, hey, Warhammer, let's flip it around. The main fish were very first mentioned all the way back in the Citadel Companion. So that'd be what? 1984 i think for the fourth one i think it was no citadel compendium that's what it was the citadel compendium and you got the main fish in an advert in there because of those models that they had and they originally got started out in warhammer here we go you ready warhammer first edition who <laughs> original <At> rates <laughs> the actual first edition which means that they predate many species that we know and love all the way through to today including such things as the skaven they predate the skaven which is given that they are also super secretive kind of funny um so <laughs> they're there sense. all the way back in the very first edition of the game and they're presented in the typical style of the time where they were saying that they were making raids at night often under moonlit pardon me moonless skies and they were raiding elves and dwarves and goblins and men and the rest of them much like any other good old warhammer species was doing they could see in the dark they could make their way through swamps and mercs and mires but um as one interesting point which i think we'll uh allude to later right at the very beginning the uh, fishmen are marked as being able to make their way through both salt water and freshwater, which is quite yep. interesting given that there's a couple of species that later on could also be a resurgence or a version of men fish or fishmen that are popped up in later editions of the game. Yes. So, uh, with all that kind of in mind, I think it's worth delving into. Uh, I think, like Andy said, it's going to be best to start from let, let's start in a safe place on land where there's solid <laughs> foundation under our feet, and then we'll kind of wander from there and see where we end up. But the, the first place that's best to start is with the 100% stated occurrences where we get to see them. Uh, yep, yep, yep. A few instances, which is that they show up a lot in naval books. Um, yes, uh, factions that are known to have functional navies um, will almost always have a little snippet about the fishmen. And uh, the big times we see them are with the Dark Elves, the High Elves, the Lizardmen, fun enough. Lizardmen, several and, times with Lizardmen. Yep, and the Warriors of Chaos. Um, mm -hmm. Those tend to be the big factions that feature the Fishmen the most heavily. Um, and the Dark Elves and the Lizardmen get the most out of them, uh, which is that for... So starting with the easier ones, with the Warriors of Chaos and the High Elves, there are just mentions that sometimes... When their ships are out at sea and it is they're out in the dark, and either usually it's either the I think it's usually that it's more slib is out or there's no moon out. Um, but it's often very, very dark. Sometimes an isolated ship will get attacked from something beneath, and they'll mm -hmm. talk about these weird, horrible troglodyte pale fishmen that will clamber up onto the ships. And their mouths are full of row upon row of needle sharp teeth, and they just start killing everyone and dragging people down beneath the depths. Um, 
in particular, just to make it very clear how canonical these are, this is in the Warhammer Fantasy Battle Book 8th mm. edition. It's actually in there. Oh, wait, let's bring up Biofoot first before we go. Thanks very much, Biofoot. You rock. Did the world just end before the Fishman could show up? P.S. Hello, Twitch chat. Fetching attire today. Very distinguished. <laughs> <laughs> ah, Twitch, you've been called out already. Um, So, uh, I'm not quite sure there. Did the world end just before the fishmen could show up? Uh, I think the fishmen have been showing up throughout the course of time. It's just that they never had their big resurgence. So, so okay, so there is an interesting kind of meta point to point out, which I do think is interesting, which is that in the are you going to go into the eye at the deepkin here? No, 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 no before oh, okay. deepkin. So, in the eighth edition Warhammer Fantasy Big Red Book, the big yeah, rule yeah. book, they did include a really weird rule, which was the aquatic rule for monsters. Um, or no, it wasn't aquatic. It was, um, uh, oh, I can't remember what the name of the rule is, but there was a special rule that uh, it was in the special rule section near the end. My copy's not here. I can't look it up for you. And uh, I could, but I, whatever. Uh, but it was Carry a special on. rule that basically said that there were some creatures that um, it, it said if a monster has this rule, then it moves at half speed if it's not in water-based terrain. So, like they said, if it was in marsh terrain, rivers, lakes, or anything like that, then it could move full speed. But if it was out of those forms of terrain, it could only move at half speed. So this was a core rule in the Big Red Book, and they never used it. Yeah, and also in that book, it's got a lovely little mention of some Dark Elf Corsairs who all the way back approximately, what, 2,000 years before the setting point of Warhammer 8th edition. Oh, um, they've got a nice little bit in their timeline where Dark Elf Corsairs face off against a horrendous set of creatures from the deep. And if I recall, they had a Kraken-like submersible um, yeah. ships, um, which looked half, they had half Krakens on them, and they had ships on the back of them with a bunch of, effectively, fish folk with long, spiny teeth, needle-like fanged warriors. Only a single Dark Elf survives this attack, just one of them. And that Dark Elf crawls all the way back to Nagaroth and goes, here, here, I got taken down by... <laughs> I did, and they were all like, "Ha, huh, salt fever, nonsense, fishmen, they don't exist, nonsense." Um, while simultaneously, the dark elves are also uh, through multiple times later realizing there are a host, not just one, but multiple potential civilizations that live beneath the waves. But that's. Yeah. Written right into the core book. And that, I think, speaks to two things. Something that I think was being hinted at there by Sotek. Um, and that's that um, not only were the fishmen definitely something that were sitting in the back of their minds, but secondly, we have rules getting set up. They were a potential uh, development that the studio was, at least perhaps with one writer, considering should Warhammer 8th edition have landed really, really well and become enormously popular. And indeed, I think there's also an argument that possibly those ideas were developed as one of the very, very first species that was put out for Age of Sigmar was the Deepkin. Yeah, I, I do think that because there's there is a noticeable point, I think, in eighth edition where you can kind of through the writing of the army book, see them go from we're developing eighth edition to OK, no, we're developing the end times. So I think yes. when they initially made the big red book, I actually would not have been surprised if they were initially planning for a fish people race. Um, but once they decided on the end times and they started prepping for Age of Sigmar, they pivoted that into the Ideneth Deepkin. Yeah, um, uh, that wouldn't surprise me at all. This, however, is tinfoil hat conspiracy. Yeah, it's very tinfoil. 
um, that this isn't something that I've ever had confirmed, nor have I ever asked it. I was in a position where I could have, but I was too busy where busy asking questions that were completely different and more relevant <laughs> to the job that I had at the time. Um, however, because they are very clearly written into the book, if I had wanted to write about them uh, for the role-playing game, for example, there would have been no problems. They'd have just said, yeah, sure, away you go, do whatever you want with them, which I think is something that's really quite interesting in terms of the are they real are they not the answer is they are they just are this isn't yeah. a species that is possibly real oh they're hinted at um they're only in a footnote over here and never named no these are real things we have a comment hey sean you rock sean thank you very much <laughs> does gelt and his favorite know the fishman he can swim with the freaking fishes as far as i'm concerned concrete wellies for gelt you know um, that, okay so this, this actually opens a genuine <laughs> question for me for you this, okay kind of related but how much do you think the supreme patriarch tends to know about like the big secrets of the world as far as they've accessed all these libraries they're kind of at the highest echelon i mean i skaven fishman all these other kind skaven, of secret races even yes definitely skaven are a known quantity and entity in the upper echelons of power um they are not just a whispered thing that is well known um you've got various backgrounds which claim their spells in place but equally those spells would be easily dispelled when you're dealing with the confluence of magic that is at the heart of the empire um as for fishmen though i think they would be quite literally in rumor territory as in we heard this silly thing from some village that has been attacked or something yeah. that has occurred should it be investigated they get there and it's just a bunch of corpses and dead folk um anyway <laughs> mr pig also came in thank you very much mr pig mr. isn't there pig. another species in age of sigmar that the deepkin fought that could be the fishmen. Okay, okay, so yes, there is the fishmen have survived in Age of Sigmar and they got an official name which they're called the Chasm Dwellers. Um uh or the uh the they're also called the uh ab oh god, what is it? It's like Abdul Ab mm, I can't remember the exact term, <laughs> but uh, I'm they, enjoying this. <laughs> yeah, they are given they are given an official name, um, and their kind of title is the Chasm Dwellers. And the fishmen fought them during the age of myth over the like deep places of the sea that the deepkin took over because the deepkin won and they pushed out the chasm dwellers who they're hoping were wiped out. But it's, of course, very heavily implied they were not wiped out and are, you know, waiting to Abla. Yeah, Abhaleth. Thank you. Abhaleth. Yes, the Abhaleths. Um, And it's very heavily, you know, kind of suggested that they might come back uh, and, you know, try and reclaim their ancestral home that the Aineth took from them. So I'm going to do two things. First one is bring this one up here from Luring Lion. Anyone else having weird lag issues? I hope not. But if you are, we're also over on Twitch, over on Lawhammering over there. So if you are having an issue, do try over on Twitch if you're having any problems on your side. And it appears that some people don't have lag. Some people do. But if you are lagging, we also have Twitch as well. So do dive Yeah, and there, there are people that seem to be moving from YouTube to Twitch, and they're saying Twitch is not having any lag. So that okay, seems to marvelous. be a YouTube issue if you want to move And over. I'm going to bring up a second comment just so I can say nerdy, nerdy, nerdy. Learner. Lindsay is fishing. This is my wife who is looking <laughs> to try and confirm details for our campaign. She has a theory. I refuse to answer that question. Thou art uh, banished. Oh, no, 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 wait, wait. Banished. I can answer. I can answer. No, banished. <laughs> so there is a lot of evidence suggesting that the old ones took a species that was already in Lustria and evolved them into the Lizardmen. And we know that there are a series of places in Lustria that have a very Banished. strong connection with a mysterious <laughs> underwater race, even mentioning gods that predate the old ones. So it could be that they're 
that what is left of that species that escaped from the old ones may well be the fishmen. And annoyingly, I'm going to be supporting that particular line of thought later when we discuss some of the other fishman evidence. Not that I'm annoyed. <laughs> <laughs> Banished! Oh, man. Um, so, um, <laughs> continuing on with the Dark Elves, we do have the whole incident with the, uh, that ship of Corsairs that had a really bad time yeah. and one got away, which that happens a surprising amount of the time. Um, though I was one to tell the tale. Yeah, though I do find it funny that when the one High Elf escaped Lustria and told the High Elves about the Lizardmen, they were like, oh, okay, yeah, we should believe this guy and take this seriously. And the Dark Elves <laughs> are like, nah, that's fucking ridiculous. No. <laughs> y'all are y'all are idiots. No. I can't uh, believe they wouldn't believe it. I mean, have you seen the Warhammer world? Yeah, and I know. The crazy shit that's in it? Seriously. Uh, and then, uh, and of course, the Warriors of Chaos have had a lot of incidents as well, where the Norskins have full-on dedicated myths and warnings about sailing the seas under certain conditions. Because under certain conditions, there are things that come up from below and mm -hmm. will attack. Uh, and they're often quite scared of them. And even they've even kind of attributed, uh, they sometimes they throw sacrifices into the seas or perform various rituals to placate the things beneath so that it'll leave them alone and they can go about their raids and be uh, left to their own business. Okay, now here I'm about to annoy myself by answering Lindsay's question to a degree. Um, so Lord Valdison, a particularly naughty chaos lord, um, he actually went swimming down to raid an underwater pyramid. Um, since we're dealing with chaos people. Um, and he was a chaos lord. He went down there with his chaos lord peeps. So a bunch of chaos warriors. I don't know how they did it. The quotation doesn't explain <laughs> how they did it. I presume they just all magic. dived in. Their magic chaos warrior and their chaos armor allowed them to survive because, hey, chaos armor. But they went down there and the quotation there marks them as fighting against the local inhabitants who were not lizardmen, but were scaly fish people with uh, scaled, nasty, clawed hands. And was there anything else in that one i'm pretty sure it's just scaled webbed fingered hands for that one but not lizardmen so we um have our first association at least in this stream um so far um with the old ones the pyramid type uh constructions that they have and the fishermen and this will pop up again um particularly given that one of the great lizardmen cities at one point sinks into the sea and that also becomes populated with people from beyond Yes, it does. Uh, hey, Hammond. Uh, wouldn't they think they're Mermidus' followers? Some some probably would. Um, it depends on the Norsekin tribe in question, because the tribe the Norsekin tribes are all very various. But there are absolutely some that would look at that and go, oh, yeah, it's Mermidus sending people up because we haven't been making proper offerings or we haven't been properly placating him. Absolutely. That's what can be said to that. Um, uh, the... When it comes to Norsemith, uh, they, they're not just not one people. They're one gigantic, fragmented mess of a host of different tribes folk who worship all manner of different stuff and believe all manner of different things. And Norska is almost unbelievably huge, a truly big place. So you could almost say any belief system and you'll probably find it up there. Um, but they do have certain things in common. Hey, CB4N. Twitch has no lag, but it sucks because it's still Twitch. All right. I mean, <laughs> I, that's little I can say to that yeah. other than fair enough. <laughs> okay, you know, fair, 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 uh, fair criticism. All right. So, uh, I'm bringing it up though. If you are having issues over in YouTube, apparently Twitch is running nice and smoothly. 
Yeah, and I, I'm seeing from other people talking that it's not just our channel. Apparently, a lot of YouTube is having problems in the last 24 hours. So Ah, there we go. There we go. Uh, Roderick, I missed the first few minutes and just want to make sure you did the song. <laughs> we'll maybe do that later. Roderick over on the Lawhammer Discord posted a Fishman song and holy crap. Oh, man. Uh, a full-on um, full dedicated... <laughs> yeah, um... <laughs> Oh, oh no! <laughs> the little fishmen all the way through—it's absolutely horrible. <laughs> um, I love it. Uh, okay, so now I want—we're going to talk it. about the biggest one. So there is one time where Games Workshop went hard as fuck, to be frank, on the fishmen, which is in the Dark Elves Eighth Edition Army book. Uh, actually, no, I think it was Seventh Edition, not Eighth Edition. I, I think Seventh. It's not yeah. Eight, so it, yeah. So in Seventh Edition, they explained the full big crowning moment that makes everyone's favorite Corsair Lord. Um. Oh my God! I I, I his bloodful name look, is in my head. Look here, look here. Yeah, thank you. Look, look here, here uh, My my brain goes Kirioth Krakenhelm, and I'm like, wait, no, that's not right. <laughs> <laughs> I was here, fell Can you tell I was looking at his Blood Bowl mini yesterday? <laughs> um, I don't know why they changed his name. Let's bring this one up from Chris. Thanks for the question. The stream title says fishermen are demons. If so, what interaction do they have with the maelstrom? Good question. Did they occupy the tunnel through the planet? So um, that was just a prosaic title because it amused me because it harked back to a fighting fantasy game book called Demons of the Deep. That was it. It was literally nothing else because um, those who are aware of the fishermen often think of them as horrific creatures that come from the depths, which are often equated with demons in the same way that the Fimmer are often called bog demons, even though in truth they aren't yeah. themselves demons um so that's the only reason that was there as for the rest want to yeah, jump on? There, there's a hilarious in universe thing where people if they don't understand what's going on they always blame it on demons which you know fair but <laughs> uh we but we'll come back to that there actually is something within that that i think we can come back to later about do the fishermen have demons which is a something we'll get into but, I think uh, it's super interesting. Uh, let me just also mention as well that I wouldn't exactly say that there's a tunnel through the planet. Um, we discussed this in the Maw, the Great Maw video that we did previously. Go check out in our previous videos. Um, the Maw itself, for all it does burrow through the planet, doesn't necessarily do that physically. Um, it's not... It's not strictly speaking just a, a material entity, but go check that stream if you want more deets on that one, Chris. Thank you very much there, though. It's super appreciated. We will get to the rest of it very soon. Yes. So, look here, Fellheart. Look uh, here. Yeah, just like the story Andy kind of talked about with the Chaos Lords, there is this ridiculously epic story that is surprisingly detailed that says <laughs> that look here, Fellheart, somehow, someway, heard about a sunken city. Mm. And this was the sunken city of Chupyodal which Shepyodal was a prominent Lizardman city. It was actually one of the handful that survived the, uh, the Cataclysm. And yet, uh, so, oh, quite a ways after the Cataclysm, there was a big tsunami, yep. which we'll come back to later, that uh, destroyed uh, a lot of the of that part of Lustria, like the whole shoreline, and uh, Chepyodal itself sank beneath the waves. That's and Christopher. Uh, Christopher, thank you so much for the super chat. Thank you. You rock. Um, so what's interesting is that it sunk to the bottom of this massive trench. Like it didn't just go a little bit underwater. It went way down to the bottom of a horribly deep trench. And 
they're the Lizardman books. You're getting your drugs to get there. Oh hey, Josh, God. would the, the fishermen be allies of the Vampire Coast? They both rock the POTC. POTC, Flying Dutchman Dress Coast? Pirate Caribbean. Oh, of course, Patrick. I'm an idiot. I have my wife's inability <laughs> to pull apart an acronym. Um, <laughs> RNS and Noctilus should hire them. Um, as I think we're going to get on to, Josh, um, the fishermen, I think, are very much their own faction. They're very much their own people with their own needs, drives, and concerns. And their concerns are probably unlikely to match hand in hand with a bunch of crazed vampire pirates. But uh, there might be links between them at some points and also from christopher there hi thanks christopher any connections between mathland and the fishermen i think the fishermen i think that's also something that we'll get to because there's um a couple of nice um stories concerning both mathland and Stormfells or manan and mm. Stormfells, and the birth of one of the species of fishmen that are out there so we will get to that um uh because i think that's a really fascinating point. yeah totally we will get we will get to that we'll get there Come on a second, guys because that's super good so um we're we're back yeah, to so, Chapelotl. Yeah, so uh, Loki Felhart somehow, some way, learns about this sunken city that's probably made out of gold or other some such nonsense because lizardmen, and he <laughs> decides to get a big expedition together to go check it out. And when I say big expedition, not only does he load up the Blessed Dread, his Black Ark with like all the soldiery, he also hires quite a few sorceresses from Grand. Seven of them. Yeah, which Seven is of their most effective ones. That's not small stuff. Yeah, no, he makes like a big old offering uh, to the sorceresses and Marathi to get them on board. In fact, just to try and provide that with a bit of context, I would like you to just take a moment to consider how many sorcerers were sent by the Phoenix King to help the Empire stave off an entire incursion of chaos. And what was the impact that they made? Only three were sent, and these were not the most powerful sorcerers that they had to hand. These were just three elven sorcerers. Now, one of them, of course, became the high lore master of the entirety of the thing, but nevertheless, still just three. Seven of them! Um, yeah, so these sorceresses uh, go with Lokir to help him find Chupyodl, first of all, but when they find it, they cast a really, really big, powerful spell that essentially creates an air bubble around uh, Lokir and his army, and he leads his army down. So he leads... And not quite, it's not an air bubble, they can all breathe underwater, slightly different, because they're swimming like madmen down there. <laughs> Yeah, sure, they can breathe. That's the important bit. Yeah, they can breathe. That's the important so bit. So they all work their way down and uh, are also... <laughs> yeah, they pretty much did. Yeah, everybody everybody loaded up on the magic school bus from the Black Ark. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thanks very much, Miss Miss Frizzle is a dark elf. There you go. You heard it here first. Uh, she's a hag sorceress. But they, um, they make their way down to the bottom of the trench, and it is a huge fight. Because this isn't just... This wasn't just a war band of Corsairs. He unleashes the entire Black Ark of the Blessed Dread, which is one of the largest and most influential Black Arks. It's got monsters. It's got armies. I mean, these are floating fortress cities. They're not just, it's not just a castle. It's way more than that. Uh, a lot of people don't really understand how big Black Arks are. They are fucking colossal and have tens of thousands of troops on them. Yeah, in fact, uh, they're so cool. I think us having a stream about them at some point uh, definitely makes sense. Yeah, examining yeah, yeah. some of the Black Arcs. Also examining their initial roots. And again, I apologize for saying this, but all the way back to the Melibonians and good old Michael Moorcock, where they had the big, massive floating fortresses that the Melibonians wheeled out. So, yeah, that's definitely a, a 
future stream. Yeah. So he unleashes everything he has. They all go down and a huge fight breaks out where mm -hmm. the fish people are so fishmen, whatever you want to call them, uh, aboleths or chasm dwellers or whatever name you'd like. They are so powerful enough, and there's so many of them that it is a genuine, drawn out, ugly fight. That the Dark Elves suffer quite a few casualties. Uh, yeah, so um, I think it's worth interrupting just to make sure you get an idea of the fight that was down there and also how fucking rock hard Loke here is. Um, mm -hmm. Because as he um, pops down there, he's fighting off against gigantic manta rays, which are dwarfing everything around them. And importantly, as it says multiple times, the local inhabitants that moved into it, these were not natural indigenous folk that had just sunk down with it and they happened to be lizard men down there. It is definitely 100% not that. It was a group, a species that had moved into the ruins and had taken control of what was one of the most important cities of the lizard men. This is not a small thing. This is an important thing. It still had all of its sacred plaques in place. Many ancient artifacts and importantly, some ancient artifacts that predate the cataclysm and again, if you want to know more about the cataclysm and all that nonsense, we have multiple streams where we've been discussing that in the past. There was all manner of awesome treasure and stuff for the Dark Elves to go raiding. Good old Dark Elf pirates. Yes, so ultimately, the Dark Elves do win. They manage to scatter the fishermen retreat, and they scatter them off. They sack Chup Yodel and run-ish and run I would say surface. more that they got what they wanted and retreated themselves. There's no definite point that they can say... Yeah, maintain control of the city. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm, I'm not so sure they drove or even drove them away. The Dark Elves came down. They swamped the place. They did a, a needle attack. They grabbed what they wanted and they fucked off fast, having fought some of the most yeah. monstrous creatures down there. So it's not so much that the uh, fishmen were defeated per se. It's that they had a that's, lightning strike attack fair. from the Dark Elves. That's yeah, totally. And... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> what where did nurgle come from like i have no idea stay live i love your question but <laughs> how how does it benefit though i will say just a little fun thing about nurgle when it comes to fishmen uh nurgle has plague krakens in warhammer fantasy they are horrifying creatures they're very well established they show up a lot and nurgle funny enough is often uh weirdly enough he's kind of the most major uh naval power of the dark gods because plague fleets come up a lot I, I adored my plague fleet for Manowar, the old uh, game back in the day. Um, the whole thing was gloss varnish for that special super icky, not, not yuckiness. Yeah, if um, you like Rapunzel Leoness, her big thing was that she defeated um, Karn the Blighted, who led a big old plague fleet. I don't know if I want to press this comment, but I'm going to do it. Rock hard, lusty fish woman made Todd Lokier Howard. <laughs> I mean, you tried. <laughs> you, you tried. Like he was clearly searching for it, but you know, we'll we'll we'll, we'll give you we'll give you small credit. <laughs> Two out of ten. Yeah. So anyway, so Lokir Felhart, uh, the really important thing for him in particular is that Lokir gets one special artifact, and this artifact, uh, I don't know if anyone's going to agree with my assessment, but I don't believe this is a Lizardman artifact or even an it's old not. one artifact. This is a Fishman artifact, which is, is that he gets the Kraken helm. His yeah. really awesome, crazy helmet. But what's really interesting is that when Lokir takes this thing and puts it on, he changes. Mm -hmm. um, Lokir is not like other Dark Elves at all anymore, really, in my opinion. Um, 
I I really like the way Total War kind of uh, adapted to make him even more monstrous than he appears in his basic art, where his eyes are super fucked up. He's got glowing red eyes, like it's just black with red irises, and that's it. That's all that can be seen beneath his helm anymore. Okay, so there's a couple of points to definitely confirm here because it says it directly in the text. So we can't we're not just supposing here. So the the people that he fought were quoted as an ancient underwater uh people that predated the old ones. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's an important thing to say. And that's where the helm came from. They fought against gigantic squids, krakens, manta rays, all that business. That's all fun. And the fact that they said that it was the uh um they importantly there's another fact here that i think is worth bringing up that they were descended from the people of lustria they mentioned that they were an aquatic people descended from the folk of lustria but they didn't explain what that meant generally lustria is equated with lizardmen or the old ones so you could say that it predated the um, fall of the old ones and they almost certainly were a species created by the old ones by that single quotation alone they mm. um, are almost certainly an ancient uplifted species from the old ones and they had a purpose and possibly the sinking of that city itself was a part of their purpose, bringing it down so that they could take control of it. Sadly for them though, Lokir steals all their bloody plaques because Lokir is a big pirate dick um, and he comes in and steals all their stuff which was quite amusing. Um, there, it's also worth saying, though, that this city is also mentioned over on the Lizardman side, and it does, again, drop another couple of really useful uh, snippets, because, again, it states that the city has been taken over by an ancient hateful species. But here they say it makes forays up um, to the land uh, when it's mm-hmm. moonlit, with no moon at all now. So, again, different descriptions, got slightly different versions of it. Um, and they do moonless night raids to drag people down into the um, oceans again for whatever reasons and schemes that they have. F- sounding a touch fimmer in terms of their making raids to get people, if you wish. Um, but definitely having quite a different tone to how the Dark Elves later uh, very much gave them an entire civilization down there. Here they're portrayed in a more sinister light, but it is from the Lizardman side. Yes, and uh, uh, Jonathan Scott, I resent that. Uh, (laughs) I resent that. I do not. There is no Fishman body pillow. I should make one. I could probably sell that for money. But <laughs> there himself. Right now, there's not one. <laughs> I do love fishermen. Thanks, but, Jonathan. Um, you rock. Yes, thank you. So, um, so, so, what's what you have here is we have an ancient civilization. They have taken over. At the very least, they've taken over a fallen lizardman ruin. Um, yep. Though they've also been showing up in a lot of places of the old world, which implies that if they have an empire, it is huge. And or it's multiple groups, and that we yeah. are equating, say, Cathay with the Empire, and that they both are human, but they're very different groups. And it's very possible, you gotta remember, the oceans are freaking huge, far more ocean than there is land. The chances of them being just a single civilization and they're a monolithic group is next to nil. Uh, yeah, I don't necessarily mean as much in the civilization as more in like a series of species. Yeah, I think uh, that, but uh, what's but furthermore, they have really, really powerful relics, very few of which have made their way up to the surface. And these things are game changers. Where Lokir Felhart is legitimately one of the most terrifying entities on the ocean once he gets that helmet because he can regenerate from damn near anything. Yep. Um, we actually get like a big fight scene when he finally goes toe to toe with Sea Lord Island. Island 
functionally kills Lothar. Like he literally slut. Uh, if I recall correctly, I believe he just chops his throat like wide open. And by all rights, Lokir should have been dead, even almost by normal region rules. And he just patches back together instantly, like no problem whatsoever. And I uh, think that speaks to probably if you're looking to try and provide some context for this to try and understand exactly what Loke here has it's obviously a deeply important artifact to them what he did yoink um and it's that being the case it's generally created for one of two reasons for most warhammer artifacts one is religion and the other one is magic so either their magic allowed this to be created or for some religious reason the tentacled deity or something similar um uh grants those sort of powers and it gives you if you're ever thinking of i want to create fish for my own background, you have your first, let's say, snippet of information to try and figure out what their cultural norms are, because we know what that mask looks like, we know what that mask does, um, and we know that that mask comes from them. So you can start going, well, what does that mean in terms of their culture? Yeah, and the Kraken Helm, the other thing that's really interesting about it is that although we don't get a lot of great specifics, there is a lot of open space to interpret what it has done to Felhart physically and mentally. Uh, because there is a shift in how dangerous he is and how particularly awful his raids are from the first time to the second time, uh, where he or pre and pre and after, uh, where he becomes debatably much, much, much worse uh mm -hmm. afterwards, because that's really the start of his full legend. Uh, and leads to a lot of his more horrific uh, escapades, like his raid on Cathay. That was mm. so awful that the Cathayans didn't even resettle what he destroyed. They burned it to the ground and abandoned it because it was that bad. Yeah, um, and I think that it's worth just generally stating that it's another example of where elves when they get focused on a particular thing, tend to inhabit that thing, or that thing comes upon them, it inhabits them. Um, elves are not like humans. They're far more emotional. They're far more into it, so to speak. And when something gets them even further into it, it tends to completely obsess, dominate, and change them. And I think this is a perfect example of a character that became much more because of that. And I think if I was, for example, creating this, I would most certainly pull it down the more religious side, perhaps a hmm. deity, perhaps something like that because there's just too much there it could even be something that the folk down below were attempting to protect and ensure did not escape so there could be something horrific attached to it something that they themselves are concerned about that they were trying to protect there's lots of different types of stories you could build around this largely because look here is awful um and <laughs> yeah and because he's so awful, you can use that as a point of, again, conflict. And whenever you're building stories and looking to create something cool, points of conflict and reasons for people to be pitched against each other is great. Having him as not just a bad guy, he's a dark elf, but a bad guy who's a dark elf who's becoming something else is super fun because then we have the fishmen going for him. Um, I, for, almost certainly to begin with, oh, they're just trying to reclaim their artifact. Well, no, they're trying to reclaim his soul from the awfulness that's occurring to it. There's lots of different ways it could be spun. And that's, again, down to yourselves if you're out there, if you are on the role-playing side, for example. Yes. So the last thing we need to talk about with the Dark Elves that ties into the Fishmen, which is when we're going to start getting into some really interesting shit, is the, is the Underground Sea. Yeah. Um, which is that Nagaroth is kind of a weird continent because it is on top of basically a subterranean continent where Nagaroth has a bunch of tunnels that are all over the place and connected 
um, all throughout it. It's almost like something burrowed its way through Nagaroth in primordial times through all the oceans because the the kind of the Lethuku, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We can't we can't say Cthulhu. What's the what's the next best thing we can do, guys? Oh no, you can't say Cthulhu because Cthulhu is not held by copyright anymore. It's outside copyright, so they could literally just use Cthulhu or Cthon or some similar name. Yeah, but that's... yeah, it's not Cthulhu. Um, it'd be lol. Yeah, nice one, Muhammad. I'm probably right. Well, we all know it actually would have been they would have watched for a random british commercial about some local business and then tried to fuse it with cthulhu <laughs> to make the new name but mm. uh in any event so the uh the the underground sea is that uh the kind of the great lake type area that inner sea where all the actual uh nagaroth cities are connects through these underwater pathways all the way to the boiling sea in the west mm. the great ocean in the east and even if you follow the correct tunnels through uh through the uh the black way which leads you all the way down to lustria Lustry. and can it can pop you out uh around the various temple cities and even on to the turtle isles in the east which is crazy so like this this is a huge expanse and the dark elves use it to very great effectiveness but what they note is that they have found ruins of a civilization down there oh, among more yeah among submerged depths and uh well those who survive have found ruins there yeah. <laughs> are also notes that entire fleets ships maybe even full-on black arcs have gone missing because they encounter other things yeah. there are monstrous creatures down there and perhaps not all of the ruins or ruins are truly ruins some of them may still be well inhabited they're difficult to explore uh any you known links between fishman the famir not that are deliberately stated um no, the but there are many links that could be drawn yeah uh it, the, i will say famir bogs marshes mists fins that's and they're you know kind of reptilian ancient primordial race not that far of a jump from an underwater ancient primordial scaly race yeah totally and i think that the the best answer here is if it's ever fully developed the area is ripe to be developed in that there almost certainly would be a link if anyone sat down and had a good think about it. But that doesn't mean that if it is developed, they'll do that. But I think, yeah, I agree completely. It makes sense. Yeah. Uh, so, much that, by the way. Yeah, so this underwater sea, uh, the other thing that's really important about a lot of these ruins is that from what can be told by what the Dark Elves kind of mentioned about it is that they're primarily underwater. Like, it's not places the Dark Elves can easily move into because it, they're not good for people that live on land um it, it, oh, 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 oh okay go ahead. <laughs> no, i was just going to say that um uh there is a couple of important words to say for this section of undersea dwelling civilization folk um if we're looking for a clear run through towards age of sigmar this is where the cavern dwellers come from um they are effectively cavern dwellers in the biggest cavern in the warhammer world which extends for thousands of miles and has an entire sea inside it the dark elves should dominate down here this is where they pull a lot of their early cold ones from this is where the rumors mm. of the troglodytes come from this is where all manner of horrendous creatures were shipped out of are uh, the big sea dragons that they use many of them were captured from down here not just 
over in the oceans. But in more than one source, it says quite clearly that there is a growing concern amongst the Dark Elves, and they're sending scouts and shades and all the rest down there to try and find more about it, that there's not just an old ruined civilization which doesn't really interest them that much at all, except for the possibility of stealing other things like the good old iron circlet that uh, Malekith has. Mm. Uh, there's a growing concern that it's not just ruins, that there's an entire civilization, and it's big, like proper big, bigger than theirs big. And it's sitting underwater, it's down there, and it's basically protecting itself and keeping itself secret from elsewhere. Games Workshop were very clearly setting up a new faction. There is no doubt that a new faction was very carefully seeded. Doesn't mean that they ever needed to use that. It was just there hmm. in the same way that they never used this, it never used Astalia or Araby. There's other locations that are constantly referred to in the text that never get any further detail. But here it is very clear. We have ourselves an entire faction that is sitting over in Lustria that has never ever been detailed. There's probably also going to be factions above ground as well, because Lustria is and north and with the Nagaroth and all the rest of the yeah. new world. So it's because we huge. Thousands of miles of empty. And most of it is empty. So there's definitely other civilizations there. There's lots of development ground. But this isn't a, there's a big empty space. What will we put in it situation where we, when we theorize about what's out there, can go, well, there's a big space there that hasn't been detailed. Games Workshop could fill that. This is a big empty space that they've filled. And they have filled it with a civilization of underwater cavern dwelling pro fish folk because they are mentioned at one point again with this, the big pointy teeth and the web hands they are definitely down there and they're associated with the dragons they're associated with the cold ones they're associated with all of the lizardine stuff which again is quite closely associated through with the old ones in general so the idea that they're uh, a part of the old ones plan is very clearly seeded through the dark elf sections of the lore. There is a surprising amount about the old fishmen out there, even though sometimes it's only a sentence here and a sentence there, because simply by stating civilization and uh, alongside this creature, that creature, you immediately start building this uh, larger picture of not just a, a group that might exist, but one that does, what it's associated with, the fact it's got a culture, the fact that it's tied to being a descendant of the old one somehow. It's 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 big stuff. The conspiracy's real. The tinfoil hat should come off. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, uh, Hammond is, what is this? Is the Great Red Chaos Whale, the Great Red Chaos Whale? whale Fishman. It's the fishman related. I can't remember the Great Red Chaos Whale. Um, oh god, yeah, I is, think is there, can you, can you include, can you include a, a context clue? Yeah, or a source. Yeah. Sorry, um, Hammond. If I spot your comment coming up, um, I'll, I'll bring it up again. Sorry for not knowing that. Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll keep that. We'll keep an eye out for that. That was uh, annoying me. Uh, but yes, uh, yes, the Charybdis oh, is also it's a very. Part, it's a part of a quest in Total War. Uh, uh, so I part of a quest in Total. For the Total war is not my uh, big area. I just look at smugly in that direction. Chaos <laughs> I okay. I have a pretty good memory for all of those, y'all. Okay, a little more specifics. Come on, more more than the breadcrumbs. Uh, no, it shouldn't be a Norskin hunt. How would the fishman interact with the merworms? Uh, ooh, God. so well, okay, so merworms would probably Thanks, just be a creature, a species they interact with, a species that is would debatably be part of their <laughs> roster, especially. <laughs> 
This is worse. Oh, oh yeah. Ah, oh, it's back on you now. <laughs> yes. I, not on me. I don't remember the great red chaos wheel. It's clearly a section I didn't write. God damn it. I'm what gonna page? go and check that one up. Um do I have it here? I don't yeah, have it. Hammond, give it. I'll look it right. up. Uh, you can look it up at your side. Yeah, that was amazing. Um, so, um, one thing that's really interesting is there are several. Uh, another idea that could link to this is that Forge World actually expanded the the species of merworm. So there are several types, mm -hmm. and what's it? There are three different types. There's the there's the abyssal merworm, the umbral merworm, and the skilio worm, paleo worm, something like that. Um, and what's interesting is only one of the types is associated with the high elves because the high elves usually have a big thing with merworms, where one of the types is said to live primarily around Ulthuan, but they talk about that. Uh, I want to say it's the like the the paleo worm, the skilly worm, or whatever. Um, is that one of them lives in the deepest, darkest depths to the point where it is forever like cloaked in shadow. Um, and if the fishmen were gonna, considering that they seem to have an extreme aversion to sunlight, um, to the point where they don't even really like to come out, uh, if Just bring that one up there, it's page 35 in the Tomb of Salvation. Cool, I will be looking that up as soon as I finish talking about this. Um, uh, there was also a cheer there, let me just bring that one up too. Um, so I would That's say that would there would probably be some species of merworms that would be very heavily associated with the fishmen, but they seem they would probably be mostly working with the absolute bottom depth like you know in our world when you get to that part of the ocean where it's so dark that the creatures just get fucking weird that would be fishman territory they probably wouldn't be running around with your things above that part of the ocean as much um but the things below that would probably be very very strongly associated i'm also going to pull on a bit there from the monstrous arcanum because it's got a quotation that i think uh gently applies because of its abyssal quotation but before i do that i'll say gum for bullets thanks very much gum for bullets are there any humans with fish-like features in fantasy beyond mutants not really um there's lots of mutants that do there's lots of groups that have fish-like appearances that could be mistaken for fish men um but there's not a solid species like say beastmen that are purely fish-like there are some that are well amphibian there there's frog-like yeah. over in bretonia yeah, um, the, yeah you have the lake men the lake men which are frog-like and i think are worth bringing up at some point too um uh they were not necessarily written as cleanly as they could have been that was by david chart for knights of the grail um and um there's certainly a, a detail or two that from there that could be done but broadly speaking beyond mutation the answer there is as it stands not really other than the fishmen themselves um and i'm going to say one other thing before we get to our page 35 point um and that's that in the monstrous arcanum there's a lovely little description of what was it called the howling abyss as i recall the howling abyss and in the center of the howling abyss which is on the <laughs> It's the Isle of Grief. Oh my goodness, it's um, really throwing me there. So on the Isle of Grief, they, um, and in the center there, there's a great big green and black basalt pillar that's half underwater um, and is associated with fishmen also. Um, and in particular, I imagine probably the um, abyssal uh, merworms as well, which is definitely worth bringing up. Indeed, may even be one of the sources for it. The best thing about this one is, though, that it is absolutely redolent with magic. It predates the old ones in the Cataclysm. So we're talking a proper ancient site it's covered with text and pictograms um that no one locally can read it's, it's by tilia um down by the tilian side um and is also associated locally uh with the local rumors of things like sirens and the sirens are effectively fishmen they're 
their fishmen under another name. And we'll be discussing the we'll uh, fishmen a little bit later because they're in another completely different group. And they are seen in multiple oceans in slightly different ways. And there's loosely two breeds of them, which we'll get to in a moment. Doom Rider also brings up, could the lizardmen have been a force in, evolved from the primordial fishmen? Um, I think that there is certainly, thank you very much for that, by the way, Doom Reader, uh, Doom Rider, pardon me. There is certainly a link between the lizardmen and the fishmen as to what to that a, is. Yeah, we will get to a conspiracy section in a little bit, and we're also going to talk we're a little bit about... We're going to dive all we'll over that there. bad boy. We'll <laughs> we definitely will. I'm There's glad, no I'm glad y'all are so eager. We really appreciate it. We'll... Uh... I'm going to bring up Christmas one as well before you do your page. How well does water function as a medium for chaos magic? We know that the earth is not effective, but it's interesting if water is the opposite. The earth is effective. It's only effective for certain winds. The same is the case for the oceans. Extremely effective for the jade wind, for example, which is all over the place. The grey wind is quite heavily around the oceans as well. So it's just different is the answer there, Chris. Um, go check out our Winds of Magic stream if you want to get an idea of how that can be applied because we do discuss each of the different yeah we actually delved in pretty to some heavy. degree yeah we did do that pretty well thanks very much though for that chris super appreciated and mr peg just oh we've got another two to go so you're saying that there could have been gigantic bugs similar to the giant isopods yes, in our world listen there are there are bug people we, we don't have time for it they're bug people they Move definitely on. are mr peg um, they exist and there's also spider people but uh yeah let's move yeah. on to Matu there um, are you saying there's a fisherman iceberg with most of it below the surface? <laughs> there's the door. Get out. And yes, there's, we're there's a hole in the wall here. That's where you go. Get out. Okay, page whatever it was. Was it okay. 35? No. 35. Yes, no. Page 35. Uh, it's a Captain Ahab reference. So Captain uh, Aber Walbut, uh, Walblatt. Uh, Captain Walblatt is a well-known member of the Knights Mariner, and the tales of his exploits are told throughout the coastal regions of the Old World. It is not the prowess or devotion that these legends tell of, but at the quest Walblatt has tirelessly devoting himself for nigh on a decade. For the past nine years, since the last ill-fated voyage of the Templar warship Manon's Trident, of which Walblatt is the only survivor, he has hunted the Great Red Chaos Whale that wrecked his ship and killed his crewmates. Walblatt, now captain of his own warship, Manon Scale, refuses to set foot ashore until he has enacted his revenge on that whale, his devotion commanding near fanatical loyalty from his crew. I regret, <laughs> regret nothing. Um, so, uh, yes, the great chaos whale, I would say that's probably a behemoth, um, yeah, would be my guess. Itself. Um, in the same way, you don't naturally associate everything that lives on land with every civilization that lives on land, everything that lives in the water is not necessarily associated with fishermen, but they could very well be their antagonists or perhaps as you suggest, maybe even connected. But yeah, most of the time, they're going to be discreet. I looked it up because it was bothering me. Uh, merworms, you got regular merworms, tend to be with the hyals. You've got pago worms, hang around uh, Nagaroth, and they're the really cold ones. But then there's the skeel worms, and the skeel worms are the really deep trench, nasty, scary ones that have a perpetual darkness around them. Those ones, I would say, are fishmen associated. Mm. as is like the charybdis the charybdis would also be charybdis, associated. definitely or um because we're definitely looking at the point of potentially building up multiple factions here the charybdis are definitely associated with the cavern dwelling ones um i would suggest because they're most certainly ones that would be going up and under so definitely bretonia and all their fleets meet the fishman fishman win um <laughs> <laughs> that's it. It's only one fish man. One fish man. Poor, poor fish only man. Only one sitting yeah. there with his big pointy teeth. He has to deal oh, with his all... big bug eyes. Oh no! <laughs> he has to deal with all the Bretonians. 
Um, thank you so much, Dennis. You absolutely rock. Thank you so much. Um, I take it there's no documented encounters between fish folk and the good Dawi. You'd be uh, wrong. Uh, uh, Though uh, uh, counting for some undocumented, in fact, I can think of two just off the top of my head for some undocumented sub losses. Uh, indeed. There is we'll a sub there. attached to that as well. Also, thanks to the Warhammer mod for Bannerlord's semi-heretical Bretonian county roads exist. You're oh, well. country roads. Country, country roads. Take... Of course, yeah, Bretonia would have country roads, uh, though sung in a French accent and probably way just awful. Uh... <laughs> so um, we're going to get to it. But yes, the dwarves have encountered the fishmen. It's happened more than once. There's a couple of... Uh, tales that mentioned that i can think off the top of my, my head and one of which is pretty recent as well yeah i'll give you an easy one uh go read go trek and felix to uh the the serpent queen uh go trek and felix literally talk about they were with long drawn slayer pirates and they got stuck on the bottom of the ocean fighting fishmen it's fucking all right hilarious. i'll give you another one because that that one is hilarious and yes go read it because it is funny white dwarf number 307 mentions a dwarf engineer whose name is I can't remember his name. It's something like Steel something or another. Steelhammer, perhaps? Anyway, he's a dwarf engineer, and he's with a bunch of Estallian privateers. And they also go diving down to the bottom of the ocean, and they find themselves unexpectedly assaulted by, again, sharp-toothed, webbed-fingered fishmen from down at the bottom of the ocean. As I say, uh, Games Workshop was seeding this again and again and again. This wasn't something that was just being done um, uh, as... Uh, almost as a, an aside, this was something that was being done so that if they ever wanted to pick it up, they definitely could. Yeah, and uh, plus, like, Barak Bar, ain't no way there's not dwarves constantly grumbling about fishermen there, and all the other Dawi think they're completely insane, but they know. They yeah, know. <laughs> yeah, particularly when you consider how um, uh, slightly peeved Gotrek, Long Drawn Stroke, uh, uh, Felix were about the whole thing. They were like, at least there won't be fishermen this time, because quite frankly, they were awful. Yeah. Uh so oh gosh. So we were talking about Where you now? <laughs> yeah, so uh Andy had like a really good speech before we uh we appreciate all the super chats, but we kind of got off track there for a little bit of oh, talking very much about, appreciate the super chats. Uh, yeah, the all the, the fishman empire and stuff. But what's even more horrifying and really helps us set up for Halloween is that what we're about to talk about, there's very strong evidence that there's at least some part of the fishmen whether you want to see them as a race or a civilization that is expanding, which is that the high elves have been talking about that. They've ex been experiencing recent really concerning news that something is expanding into Ulthuan because back during um, the, uh, the sundering, when the sundering finally kind of ended, like the actual event of the sundering happened, all these big tidal waves came and slammed into the outer kingdoms of Ulthuan and a lot of Ulthuan sank. Uh, and just awful. It was awful just all around. Now, some of the kingdoms of Ulthuan, um, on the eastern shore, um, uh, I forget exactly which kingdom it is, but one of the kingdoms is renowned for having a lot of underground caverns. Um, these beautiful, where they built a lot of their cities. Um, they have all these beautiful cities built under the ground, which you normally wouldn't associate with elves, but they they built, like, they, it, they're almost like dwarfy elves because they yeah. built underground. And they were the it's Tiranok, yeah, Tiranok, yeah, and they have yeah. all these like absolutely gorgeous things. But because of the tidal wave that came in, the vast majority of the cities already being underground, the waves came in and like thousands of people. Oh, Kothik, yeah, Kothik is 
Kothik's the one I'm specifically talking about. Yeah, the Kurt one you think also got fucked up. So. I am building thunders from a bar-related bar army during the stream. Most delightfully useful, and thank you. I'm glad that we're providing you some interesting inspiration. Yes. Um, so, um, what uh, what they talk about in Kothik in particular is that a lot of these caverns are full of water. Um, like, full of tons. Of, like, we're not talking about, like, a little bit of water. We're talking about, like, they're full of, like, lakes now. And the High Elves very desperately want to, especially those that are from Kothik and are descended from um, that kingdom, want to go into these places and try and reclaim what they can. Thanks, Joe. Thanks, Joe. We appreciate that. We appreciate um, that. They, like, they would love to go. There's like tons of treasure there or family artifacts, art, um, various hmm. uh, powerful relics. There are all sorts of things they would love to reclaim but they're beginning to run into concerns that they can't because some people that are going down there aren't coming back. Yeah. And they're beginning to find evidence that something has lots of something has been moving in to these uh, caverns that have been sunk and is like basically taking over these old high elf ruins and starting to live there. And it's basically extremely heavily implied that these kind of some version of these fishmen have discovered these underwater cities that have been abandoned by the high elves and are now moving in, which is very alarming, extremely alarming news, especially because the high elves, they don't have the population and really the means to deal with yet another invasion. Like so much of Ulthuan is kind of empty because there's just not that many high elves anymore. And someone else moving in is kind of a natural consequence of this, but also a very frightening prospect for the high elves. It is. Yeah. So um, loosely speaking, we're now looking at multiple iterations of our fishmen popping up in various sources. Um, they've been seeded throughout the editions, all the way from the beginning of Warhammer up to 8th edition. But we're still not done. There are still several examples of the fishmen that are popping up and also in different kinds because it's very easy to just get stuck and fixated upon the uh, pointy-toothed, black-eyed, horrendous-looking fishmen types that get mentioned again and again. But the Warhammer world has more than one example of a fishman type because we also have, after all, our merfolk. And merfolk are half-fish half man and they pop up not just once or twice but again and again and again at different points to the point that one of the most famous cities in the old world marienburg has as its actual heraldry a mermaid in this particular case sitting quite clearly and associating them closely with manan the god of the seas because the merfolk are considered to be blessed servants in some respects of manan so we have yet again another uh, a potential society of merfolk, I suppose, fish folk that are living down there. Um, but when you look into the deeper lore for the merfolk, there's actually two kinds, not one. Yes. Well, actually, uh, well, we'll get into at least two kinds. Kind. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, with how big the ocean is, is it possible there's as much action going on below as in the? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I wouldn't definitely. say it's possible. It just is. Like it would be busy down there. Especially, like, you have to think, there's all sorts of weird things that happen down there as far as large swaths of magic are drawn to the ocean. There could have been warpstone meteors that impacted the ocean, sank to the bottom, and are having an effect on things down there. There's all sorts of crazy shit going on down there, uh, the more you think about it. 
all of the games that have been made for Warhammer are broadly speaking on land or on the surface of the sea, um, meaning that what lies beneath is not ever anything that really matters. So, for example, if you go over to Dreadfleet, um, which was the most recent version of the Warhammer at sea, Dreadfleet mentions the fishmen in more than one case there's several cards that can literally draw fishmen up from the depths to do boarding actions against your ships and again the same descriptions pop up again and again so it's not something that was uh happening by mistake whoever was writing these was drawing upon similar sources each time now sometimes they will have independently done this they just simply thought what will the fishmen be like when i make them uh um but broadly speaking they're all drawing from that same broadly humanoid big dark bug-eyed huge spine-like teeth that are coming from their mouths um webbed hands and claws that and come pale up. pale um, that uh, they've uh, one place they're dark so i think that um uh, i think that you're going to get a nice mixture okay. but yeah. but but pale does work um i think of a uh, not a lot of sunlight <laughs> yeah, totally. there's not a lot of sunlight, but then look at fish. They come in all different sorts of colors when they're down there. Um, so broadly speaking, we're definitely dealing with the same thing. But Dreadfleet mentions them in more than one place. So they are defo there, and there is definitely a lot happening. And if you're at sea, you do get attacked by them because the only examples we have of sea games have the merfolk coming and have them attacking you. Yep. And the scariest thing is that a lot of evidence suggests that they aren't coming up to eat people. They're coming up to capture people. Yeah, it's weird. I love it. Worse. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, like Andy talked about the story about their submersibles where they, they're noted to have these Kraken things that have like ships on the back. So like almost a shell, but it opens and people can go in and out of it. They were taking people into the shell so they wouldn't drown and then taking them back down below the depths. Why? You can say, and if we go back to the very original description of the merfolk, it's quite clear that they are aquatic. They can come in and out of the water, um, so they are not just simply going to be in the water. They can survive in air as equally as they can survive in water, which means that we don't have, for example, the issues that the fishmen of the Marvel Cinematic Universe had, where they had to wear nice masks so they could go above ground. We don't have that problem here. They can go above ground, they can capture what they want, and sink their way back down to the depths, dry you with them and very possibly they have methods of keeping you alive maybe they are also like the skaven a slave keeping race or like the dark elves or maybe they're doing something more sinister yep um and <laughs> i'm just gonna so, bring that comment up because it made me laugh they want our lungs <laughs> i need the lungs <laughs> you humans are wasting them give them to us but um so like Andy said, we do, of course, have the various forms of merfolk where you have your mermaids, which uh, different. there are different versions of mermaids. Mm -hmm. um, some of them are described as being very similar or like almost like cousins to harpies where they're more animalistic. They don't seem to necessarily possess like a lot of higher intellect, but they do have the ability to sing and lure people to them. Uh, and if you get close enough, you realize that their visage is quite horrific and they will eat you. They will just full on eat you, and it's going to be a bad time. Um, yeah, there loosely, are... loosely speaking, um, there's a, a relatively clean division um, in that there are some that are most clearly bestial and that prey upon people. 
Um, mm. and they're often called sirens. There's definitely versions of the sirens down by Tilia. There's also some up in Kislev. They've got their own name there. Can I remember? I think I even noted it down somewhere. Let me just check. Yeah, the Ruskalki. Um, the Ruskalki, uh, Ruskalki, pardon me, um, up in Kislev. They're basically just sirens under another name. Um, they're almost yeah, exactly. Tosa has like a whole island of them. There's, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the, the Isla Sirens down there. Um, but there's a second set of sirens which are far more like the classical, almost Greek version of them, where they are considered to be beautiful. We're not talking feral beauty, which um some of the ones that are preying upon them tend to have a sort of feral beauty that you can look at and go, I can see there's something attractive under there somewhere. I, I say, oh boy, that. <laughs> I could <laughs> exactly. Um, but actually beautiful individuals, um, both male, female. Um, and they uh, they also have the siren song, and they're also closely associated with harpies, and thus one argues potentially due to dark elves too. Um, there's also a particularly strong myth that comes up in more than one place. There's a fourth edition mention of it, and I think there's a second edition mention of it as well, um, where they try to justify, uh, as in the species that are on land, try to justify where these creatures have come from. And they fall back on the myth, oh, I will quickly just stop, Kidnap people. So, are there any Sigmarite fishmen? There might be some down there. Are <laughs> you know, hey, you know who knows? Maybe there's a, a warrior priest who proselytizes to the ocean and got a merfolk audience. <laughs> so, I think this is actually a super fascinating question, Song of Power. So, where would you basically ground them as a faction? Um, and personally, I'd say multiple places beside uh. Tilia makes a lot of sense. There's tons of stories from there. Over by the fallen lizardman city, um, which I always forget the name of Chup Yodel. Yeah, Chup Yodel, yeah. Thank you very much, Chup Yodel. That makes sense. Um, Kislev's got a bunch. The Dark Hills, however, I think make a better option down by their sunken seas up there. So having them coming out perhaps in the boiling ocean over there, I think that would work quite Yeah, well. I would, I would, if I were drawing a map, I would kind of do what they did with like the old Beastman maps where I would show a global map and I would have like points of interest that have like lines squiggling out that shows like where they're kind of mainly focused. And my points would be the under the underwater sea for or the under the underground sea for the Dark Elves or for Nagaroth. Chup Yodel as being a big yeah. capital. Um, I would do is it the coast of Squall the Cliff of Squalls? The coast of Squalls over by like Skaven Blight, Talea, and Nostalia that has like a bunch of caverns and stuff in it. Yeah. Um, I, I'd probably do around there, and then I'd probably also do the Sea of Claws, and last probably like uh yeah, the black so the Black Gulf. Um, that would kind of be my five point fish pentagram. That's not actually a pentagram because it doesn't map out right. <laughs> uh, this is actually quite interesting, uh, Abyss Walker. For is there any chase of undead fishermen, and have they come out of uh the maelstrom? What I particularly like about this one is um that we actually have a little bit of crossover here, um where you've got the sirens um that aren't sirens and sirens that aren't sirens, and it's just worth mentioning to make sure you don't get them confused if you are playing Total War game. I'm pretty sure that was Total War Two because I even remember this because I yes. played that game. Um, so we're talking undead spirits that are floating across. They are definitely not fishmen nor are they sirens in the traditional sense um but are worth mentioning uh, there i am no not aware of any strong ones but there's far so, more undead stuff hand on the total war side so it's possible yeah so what i would say is that it, when it comes to the maelstrom would there be undead fishermen there yes because the maelstrom draws in anything that dies in sea well and anything that dies in sea so it would draw them in and it has so because unless of the way they have a way out of it yeah it could be, but uh, I want to. I want to say there might be an event card for them in the actual Dreadfleet game, which would imply that they're there. 
There's um, an event card from where they come and swarming up and they're described as having, there is an event card and they do a boarding action and they're described as having brine coming out between their needle-like teeth, as I recall. Yeah. Now, whether or not they were drawn there because they're undead or whether they just, that's just a place where they show up naturally or were drawn to, who could say? Yeah. Um, but uh, anything that dies and goes to the Maelstrom tends to end up being undead because of the way Noctilus corrupted it. So if they die and their bodies end up there, they would be there. So I would say it's more than likely they're there, uh, but probably not in like, you know, crazy numbers, so so to speak. But the other thing, um, uh, oh gosh, what were we just talking about? I, had I, I was about to do the two different uh, breeds. Um, oh, oh, right, the, the undead thing. So yes, like Andy was saying, you have sirens, which are, Ah, yeah, they are banshees at sea. That's what a siren yeah. is. It is a it's a banshee at sea. Then you have a you have your sirens, which Andy talked about earlier, and then you have mermaids, which like there's not an easy distinction between them. I, like in my mind, I tend to probably think of sirens are probably the more intellectually elevated, and then mermaids are going to be your more harpyish, bestial ones to try and make it a little easier in my head, but the sources have never been consistent on that. They're not consistent, but there is um, there is a source, there's two sources that I can think of, that do give um, a birthing of where they came from, and it's probably nonsense because it's almost certainly made by people on land, but it is worth being aware of. Um, and that's that once there was a naiad of great beauty. Now, if you don't know your naiads, um, I... I actually well, there's naiads, which yeah. um yeah, naiads are not what some writers seem to think they are. Naiads are river spirits, not sea spirits. Sea spirits are myriads, but that's neither here nor there because some people use naiads as myriads myriads. Um anyway, you got your myriads, you got your naiads, that doesn't matter. And this beautiful naiad who looks somewhat like a watery elf. Um, attracts the attention of Mathlan or Manan, depending on how you put it. They have kids, and they are the mermaids. Um, they are the sirens. Um, however, uh, Mathlan stroke Manan uh, thought he was the only one that she was uh, having relations with, but this was not true. She was also with Stromfels, and they created the far more bestial, um, far more shark-like, far more awful mermaids and sirens. So you got two breeds that came from two different divine sources and a naiad source. Now, the naiads are very briefly worth discussing as well because they are, strictly speaking, also of this sort of creature that we're dealing with, which is sentient, underwater, and definitely in the background. And I can say they're definitely there because I freaking wrote this one myself. So I know that they are there. Um, now, I added this in... Uh, like we're talking the early noughties, 2000, 2003, 2004, somewhere around there, um, for second edition Warhammer Fantasy roleplay. Um, they were added to try and add a little bit of extra depth to the elven institutions that existed in the old world before they withdrew. And the only institutions that really had any depth inside the primary army lists were the wood elves at that point. That was it. But they were high elves. They were all elves, strictly speaking, not even high elves, because they hadn't split up into the different uh, kits or kins, depending on how you want to language that. Um, and they had lots of different spirits, not just the tree spirits that they were dealing with. The naiads were added, and they were very much um, akin to the dryads, but they were associated with rivers rather than trees. And the important thing to remember about these things is that they're also shapeshifters. They also look like elves when they're in their natural form. They are mostly female in appearance, although that does not necessarily mean that they're not male. Um, and 
there are several stories that related with them. Primarily, elves married them. They had relationships with them. Um, they were entities that had been there for thousands of years, and the elves came in. It um, re-pitched the stories with the elves a little bit, but dwarves also have a couple of stories. There's a nice one with, uh, and I'm going to quote this one because it always amused me when I wrote it, Dwimmelson's personal book of grudges. May they all be boiled in oil. And they state, concerning the naiads, uh, bloody elves get their fingers into everything. Oh, a bit of a sexual connection there. Had to abandon the ships yesterday as they stopped floating. Bloody river spirits. You get the idea. Um, so, the naiads are real, but equally so are the nereids. So they're water spirits of the sea. So they might have got a little bit confused in some of the tellings, but we have got ourselves spirits of the ocean that the elves would be communing with, and they are almost certainly connected to the gods. And the idea that they had their own special little species down there isn't just something that is hinted at, it's directly stated in the text. And they make it quite clear that uh, the siren stroke mermaids came from them. So we might be looking at basically now three complete and discrete groups. You've got your siren stroke mermaids um, that come in at least two breed types. You've got yourself the cavern dwelling civilization that's over in Nagaroth that is truly huge. And you've got yourself your fishman civilization, which most certainly has reached all the way up to Lustria and could be elsewhere. So we're on to our third very clear group of uh, fishmen that definitely exist in the Warhammer world. Yeah, and to add some kind of further uh, examples for like the Naiads, they are explicitly brought up as well in the 8th the edition army books because they're brought up as being the servants of the lady. Uh, so the lady of the lake, her, <laughs> you can kind of see as like her quote-unquote lesser demons are uh, interpreted as Naiads, and they are sent as her messengers to go talk to the Wood Elves or to show up along particular lakes or Western rivers to do demons. things for her. Okay, now, lesser demons, divine servants. Just to give it, it's it's a appropriate comparison. <laughs> Get off my ass, Andy. <laughs> there is a, uh, there's also like uh, Araby has a lot of talk about the uh, the Nereids, but they're called sea nymphs from the Araby perspective. Um, uh, before I bring up Song of Power's comment as well, um, uh, if we actually look at the lore, though, that makes complete sense. Now, I'm obviously delighted that they picked up the Naiads and continued with it because I popped them back into the setting. I was super pleased with that. Um, but if you take a look at what the Lady of the Lake actually is, let's just say that she might be an elf, an elfy goddess. Depending on which version of the lore you go with, we have slightly different versions of which one. doesn't really matter. But the Naiads are basically super powerful ancient elf-like spirits. So they would be working hand in hand. It's not so much they're divine spirits. They're friends. They're allies. It makes complete sense to tie the two together. So I'm really pleased that that's where that went. Also, everyone, please, power. Join, please join my public petition to get Naiads as a Total War unit for Bretonia. Please and thank you. Uh, the Tower. Uh, so you've, if you guys did a campaign book for the Fisherman race, would that involve introducing them to the Warhammer world? What would be the plot hook? Oh, oh man. I don't know if Andy would agree with my... Okay, so this is going to get into my conspiracy, which it, it's almost time for that. Like, I'm going to go full fucking off the wall here in a little I'm, bit. I'm looking forward to this bit because, you know, um, I'm going to warm like, my hands know, on the yeah, conspiracy. You, you know, you know. <laughs> so I will, I will give my version of that here in just a minute. Um, so 
Stay so tuned. Loose, loosely speaking there, if we did a campaign book, if I did a campaign book for Fishmen, it would be complicated. Um, it wouldn't be simple. It wouldn't be just a, here are the very simple one breed of Fishmen type. You'd be looking to build something interesting, in-depth, which had lots of internal conflicts, not monolithic civilizations, but things that had their own internal politics, needs, wants, desires. Um, and that were following upon from the seeds that had already been sown in Warhammer to show that there have uh, concerns with things on land that they want to get to, that they want to take for one reason or another, probably for some of them, for the old one reasons, other because they're just pissed off and greedy, other because of whatever reason they might have. And that gives you all the hooks to drag them into all the other armies to get them into fights, to get them on land, to perhaps change your army so that you can have naval battles or fish or, or coastal battles that are a little bit different and that'd be super fun too long story short complicated yeah also uh if you're like oh man i would love to see like more fishman stuff but like from official source uh the new lustria book for warhammer fantasy roleplay fourth edition which i like most of it there are problems i have with certain bits of it um but it has a lot of fishman shit in it like there's there's a full-on isle of the dead reference like Re relia from the cthulhu mythos that is just full-on in it <laughs> um the, the the city of the dead is just full-on part of lustria now uh so if you want you can go check that out it's uh it's a fun read um hey joe glad to I see you see there hello hope the streams go well blink it is very much enjoying the lore will i do writing give me adult money was a horrible idea <laughs> no i think it was a great idea to give it back to me <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, love it all right so uh so we have so we've 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 talked about spirits. We've talked yep. about hybrids. We've yep. talked about uh, weird things that live down there. Uh, there's yep. one other group uh, as far as hybrids go that I think. Well, mm, I don't know if they count as mutants or divine servants or hybrids. Um, we need to talk about the shark men. Ah, shark men and Stromfels in general, I suppose. Yes. Oh, uh, yes. Which, uh, yeah. So. Uh, there is a super, super, super famous creature that gets brought up a lot uh, because they had a really strong feature in a Go Trek and Felix book that made them very popular as kind of the big bad. And they also just appear uh, in various fun little bits, especially when Marienburg ever gets brought up, uh, mm -hmm. that sometimes you will get a cult of Stromfels in a port city often. And when that happens, sometimes if you're very lucky or unlucky, depending on how you look at it, you will be gifted from Stromfels a shark man shark uh, man yeah, yeah which is exactly what it sounds like it is a huge guy <laughs> that has shark features so usually a shark head and they're usually ripped and way bigger than a regular human shark. Like be. yeah or where <laughs> yeah uh yes it's also worth saying that Stromfels, just in case you didn't know he's a god of wrecking ships and sharks and the awfulness of the sea stands as a direct enemy to the standard god mathlan or manan depending on where you are in the old world generally and with the high elves and the dark elves um and Stromfels super nasty but some of the Stromfels divine capabilities not only give you access to these things but allow you to turn into one as you go and go proper snappy um i even referenced this in one of me lohammer streams um where a cultist of Stormfells gets an entire tidal wave rushing through the sewers and a shark spectral shark comes running through it because Stormfells. so yeah yet another example of a fish man although a very different type of fish man to the rest 
Yeah. Uh, what's interesting is that the the Sharkmen of Stromfels, to my knowledge, don't tend to actually much appear at sea. They usually almost appear as sort of a, a mutant or a divine child um, that kind of like centralizes a cult um, that appears usually within a city somewhere. Uh, Marienburg had a huge problem with one of those very recently of uh, that there was a full on group of Sharkmen almost um, in a cult there, which Mary, which most civilized society do not like Stromfels. He's very, very illegal to worship in most places. Hey, Cole. I mean, uh, they sort of did, but they often misname them as just naiads because they're not quite aware of what the difference between, say, oceanids, nereids, or whatever are. So loosely speaking, yes, but um, under different names. Um, but they are generally associated with the gods, as is not really that surprising, and generally associated with either Stromfels or Menan uh, broadly. I can't think of any examples where they're not, actually. So, yes. That's where they're associated with the closest connection being to the elves as a species. Yeah. And yeah, in Gaines Workshop naming things, like, have y'all ever thought about how silly it is that it's called a Charybdis, even though it's clearly based on Scylla? <laughs> like, Don't get me started. Who did that? <laughs> I mean, do just do not get me started. Why? Why do they do that? Uh, um, so uh, this is actually a good point by Hawk that I just kind of want to bring up of uh, that I would agree with this, that the Sharkmen. In my opinion, the Sharkmen to Stromfels, to me, feel like the children of Ulrich to Ulrich. Yeah, I think that's probably the best way to view them as well, because they are so closely associated, not just with Stromfels, but with his cult. It does lead to that conclusion. In the same way that, for example, that the sirens that have got bestial bottoms that aren't fish, so, for example, um, octopuses or like birds, they're strongly associated with Stromfels as well, but they're uh, associated as kids of Stromfels with Nereids or naiads or whatever. Um, so quite clearly, Stromfels, like Manan, is known for putting it about a bit. Um, so the idea that his kids come across this way is, I don't think, a great shock. And I quite like the idea of it. Um, and I think it's certainly something that for the servants of the god, they would seek to promote because it makes their god more personal, more real, more direct. And that works really nicely. All right, and then the final thing worth talking about, I think, is, um, before I go off on my thing, uh, is the last big guy in the sea that I really think should be hit on as far as talking about fish people, which is Triton, of course. Uh, Triton is basically, like, I, I don't even think calling him a greater demon is appropriate. He's bigger than a greater yeah. demon, really. Uh, he is the god of the sea, but he is a physical entity. Sort of, kind of. Yeah, sort of. Okay, so um, Triton's first yeah, added you, in you Man of War. Yeah, Triton was first added in Man of War. Um, Man of War uh, was a game that was released by Games Workshop back in the early 90s, and it was the high seas battle game, and it actually is a classic. It's better than most of the games it has released just now. <laughs> a truly great game. And in one of its expansions, it had a host of monsters, including like... Uh, including most of the monsters from the deep that we now know today, actually. Um, and one of them was Triton. And Triton was basically just Poseidon. There's Poseidon. He's just turned up and he's going to sink your ship. They didn't really give much of a background or detail as to exactly what the hell Triton was, where he came from, how he should be used. What the hell does he do inside Warhammer? Who cares? He's a big, massive man who looks like Manan that's going to sink your ship. And that's all they cared about. The art came out and uh, there's a lovely bit where there's a ship and there's Triton wrapped round it about 
to destroy it. He's that freaking big. Later on, other writers picked this up, including myself. I dropped a mention of Triton into the Tome of Salvation, for example. Jody McGregor, he dropped it into the Warren Fantasy Roleplay Companion second yep. edition. He got a stat and, line that was bonkers. Yeah, it <laughs> went, and, and probably wasn't high enough even there. Um, and loosely speaking, has popped up again and again, and each time slightly differently pitched, but almost always tied directly to Manan as a physical manifestation of the god of the sea. Someone who rises up and works for, works with, is in sympathy with the god of the sea. But they give very little details as to the creation, as to exactly how it came there. And uh, that's up to individual people to come up for their own stories as it currently stands. But Triton is definitely there, is definitely connected to Manan, is almost certainly connected to a host of underwater species, probably the more intelligent mermaidy types probably um because uh there's at least one description of him swimming along with them in tow like thousands of them he just mm -hmm. doesn't come by himself um and triton was said to have bowed to magnus the pious when he went down to marienburg so he went down to marienburg to basically say oi marienburg give us your troops i'm about to pop over to kislev come on and triton uh came to say you know what this magnus guy definitely legit He's the one you should be listening to. He rose out of the waters in Marienburg and he looked down and went, yes. So everyone said, hey, this Magnus guy must be legit. Definitely wasn't illusion. Definitely was real. Yeah. And there, there are two other things about Triton that I think are worth mentioning, which is that A, Triton talks, but nobody mm -hmm. understands what he's saying. Not even the, like, it's said that he speaks a language no one understands. Even the elves don't know it, um, which is saying a lot that it's some either very specific underwater civilization language, or maybe it's such an old language that nobody else remembers how to speak it, which is also kind of sad that he may be the only person that speaks a language. Um, that would actually be really depressing because nobody literally no one understands him. Um, but uh, the other thing is that he seems to have a genuine vested interest in protecting a very specific way of living on the sea because he targets black arcs and dark elves. They're the cruelty that they inflict on the creatures of the sea because they often enslave like sea monsters to serve as pulling the black arcs around like they chain them to the bottom of their vessels and stuff. Triton has full on destroyed a black arc like he came up from underneath and just skewered it and then dragged it underneath the waves and it was a whole thing. Um, but uh, yep, a uh, lot of cool stuff there. So. I'm, right. I'm going to do a little um, part here as well because um, uh, I, I am aware of this, but I don't like bringing up those stats because they're so... Uh, did I bring up the right one? Yes, I did. Because yeah. they're so bloody weak. I've got PCs that could take them easily. That makes absolutely no sense in the slightest. Um, yeah, his stats were less than ideal in terms of representing something of its extraordinary size. Yeah, the lore, the, lore, the writing is neat, but the, the stat blocks in a lot of 4th edition are very underwhelming <laughs> yeah very let's just not talk about that because yeah. it's certainly anywho, not really so, anywho it's time. right have we covered all the primary ones have we done everything we've uh, covered our manfish we've done we've got manfish from the beginning so warhammer one had manfish 
because hey menfish yeah that makes yeah, sense sure yeah um and then we moved through the later editions and they moved from having models to being something that was always discussed um they were quite quiet through the middle editions until we hit about second edition warhammer fantasy roleplay time when they started pricking up again all over the place there have been hints of them like for example with triton some of the descriptions around that around manowar but come Dreadfleet, come warhammer 7 and into 8 they started being mentioned again and again and again and often heavily they got dropped a lot in the Dark Elves, in the Lizardmen, in the High Elves, and they also got dropped quite a lot in the role-playing side as well. And often you'll find the role-playing game goes into more depth. But they also pop up here and there inside various computer games like Total War, where there's like a little mention here or there of some nastiness coming gribbling up from the bottom, dark eyes, needle-like teeth. So cut a long story short before we go into the crazed section of um, our stream. The Fishmen are real. The Fishmen are part of the current canon of Games Workshop, as in they're part of the 8th edition, the last printed run from the studio. They are mentioned by the studio staff in multiple locations. They're mentioned in the novels. They're mentioned in White Dwarf. They're mentioned again and again. Games use them as special event cards. This isn't something that's just simply a footnote, something that will never occur, something that is dead. It's not dead. It's a it's an ongoing part of the IP. It's just something that's never been brought to the table. If it had been brought to the battle table, we would have all the lore known to man, but it hasn't. And until it is brought, if it is ever brought, we will never have more than snippets. But those snippets are almost certain to continue. As we move into the old world, you're going to find them being mentioned almost certainly again and again in different ways. And as one concluding point, we definitely have more than one civilization of fishmen clearly described inside we have civilization one which is the classic fishmen these are the ones that have taken over the lizardman city for example it's mm -hmm. a civilization that's down there it's ancient it's older than the old ones themselves or at least older than the cataclysm it has artifacts that make the dark elves get all kind of excited because they're so powerful um uh they have been at war with the dark elves and the lizardmen and the high elves at various points and they are real that this is definitely a thing we have ourselves a second civilization that's almost certainly sitting in the under caverns shall we say the under uh, sea beside nagaroth they might be discreet they probably are discreet they are associated with a bunch of monsters that are not necessarily associated with the core uh, lizardmen, that lizardmen, pardon me, the core, uh, let's say, old one associated fishmen mm -hmm. of the oceans. They are definitely associated with all manner of horrendous creatures. And also, if we go back into the older lore, things like troglodytes and other weird stuff that lies down beneath the uh, surface. Um, they are at uh, odds with the Dark Elves, but avoid them normally until they're cornered, and then they wipe them out so that there are no survivors. The Dark Elves come modern Warhammer setting are very concerned about them. Then we have our far more generalized, um, let's call them the divine species, our mermaids and our sirens. They are fish men in that they are half fish and half men, but they're sometimes half octopus, half men, half bird, half men. They come in a variety of ways. They live in the water and mm -hmm. they are often associated with uh, dragging sailors and folks at sea to their doom. Um, they definitely live out there. As to how much of a civilization they have, that is debatable. I imagine that if anyone were to write it, it would be bigger than most expect because the oceans are freaking huge. Um, they're the ones that are most closely associated with Triton. Um, they're the ones that are most commonly brought up with Triton. And there are legends of them from Kislev 
all around the old world down to Araby. And they are, broadly speaking, the old world divine group, if you will. They are multiple different, let's say, species, breeds, races of that type. They do pop up in a lot of different ways, but they are, again, quite discreet to the horrible needle-teeth, big-eyed fishmen that you get down by Lustria, for example. So we have at least three groups, and I'm sure that with some thought, we could probably find more. Yeah, and that and that's and that's just us sticking to the oceans. Like if we yeah. were to go further inland to lakes and stuff, it would get oh the lake man. <laughs> it would get it would get lake man. <laughs> but we're not we're we're staying away from. No, okay. So this is where I now get to sit back and okay. go conspiracy time, conspiracy time, conspiracy time. So, all right, I first. So I believe that I, I wish I had a whiteboard that uh, <laughs> if we put enough of all these different pieces together. We are going to end up at the conclusion, in my opinion, that the fishmen, the overall, the overall picture is that the fishmen are one of the oldest species in the Warhammer world. They predate the old ones. They predate the cataclysm and that they are an angry, super pissed off underwater race that wants to reclaim the vast majority of the planet. And I will explain how we get there. So. The first thing we need to note is that we need to take into mind what the Warhammer world was like before the old one showed up, which is that it was a super continent that was in one part of the world and everything else was ocean, maybe iced over, but still ocean. Then the old one showed up and with the help of the Slon, they broke the continent up and they moved it around, which if you are an underwater race that occupies the vast majority of the planet, that is going to fuck up your civilization horribly. But I believe the old ones probably did not know they were there. Or if they did not know they were there, or if they did know they were there, they just didn't care very much. Or perhaps just couldn't do anything about it. Because the old ones were surprisingly bad at getting rid of races that they didn't want. So, because they couldn't even chase the greenskins underground, so I really doubt they could chase the fishmen all the way to the bottom of the ocean where it's completely black and the pressure is awful and all this other stuff. Um Laughing God, thank you very much for the, the the generous super chat. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. You rock. You do rock. So that is the first offense. The first offense is the old ones show up. They move the planet, changing the very climate is strike one. They then move all the continents, likely causing incredible earthquakes and horrible seismic events deep beneath the waves. I'll interrupt and say... I have no idea how the Skaven have burrowed underneath the oceans. That's really the best result I can give you. The best. I mean, how? How have they done it? They've done it. I have. I mean, they've done it. Um, so they've definitely done it somehow. Um, so they're literally under the sea, not necessarily in the sea, just to make it relatively clear here. Yeah. Or on top of the sea. They're more like rats in that regard. And yeah. Though, though uh, in recent, like literally like the last hundred-ish years of the timeline, the Skaven have learned how to start making submersibles. <laughs> because Skaven. Obviously. Because Skaven, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I, and you know what? Yes, that is correct. Um, there, uh, Jay Binks, but they could easily have done it in the same way that they did it with the Deepkin. There's lots of ways you can tell those tales, um, and leave it still being the vast unknown of the ocean. And this is just one example of the things that you find down there. I'd say that the reason that Games Workshop didn't do it was because Warhammer was growing increasingly less profitable over time, and uh, particularly with the way that it had mm. been pitched, and they weren't in a position where they were happy to create an entirely new species, much like they did when they brought the ogre kingdoms to the table or the lizard men to the table both of which were when they were brought back in entirely new to the warhammer game in terms of 
well, they'd, be, they'd had ancient lists, but they hadn't been brought in since fourth edition. Um, and I'd say that that is a far stronger candidate for why they've not been brought in than anything else. Yeah. Uh, and CB4N, are the Skaven in a pineapple down there? The Skaven would never be able to resist eating the pineapple and drowning horribly. It would happen every time. <laughs> 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 Yeah, funny. <laughs> Man, yeah, I'm pretty sure someone could make a comedy skit of Skaven trying to make a boat that floats and then trying to make a submersible and just the millions of Skaven that died in the attempt. Anyway, so strike one, the climate change because of the old ones. Strike two, the continent shift. And I'm sure while the old ones minimized the damage on land, they didn't give a shit about what was happening on the on the uh, the, the depths of the ocean. And the, the, the fish people suffered horribly. I believe they suffered a full-on cataclysm because of what the old ones brought. Because civilization already existed when the old ones arrived. We already had Famir. We had dragons. We had dragon ogres. We had uh, fishmen. We had the primordial race of the lizardmen. There were already a civilization in Lustria that the old ones showed up and they took over. I don't believe this was the fishmen. I believe this was actually what would later become the Naga. That's a theory for another time. But the fishmen, I do believe, were related. But I believe they were doing their own stuff, minding their own business, and they suffer a horrible cataclysm that shatters their empire into pieces, scatters it across the globe. Millions of them die. They lose most of their architecture and a bunch of other stuff, and it's awful. And then strike three happens, which is that the old ones unleash chaos onto the world. And the gates shatter open, and the fishmen, from what we know, do not participate in this war. They're down in the bottom of the ocean. The demons don't go down there, likely because they probably didn't know anything was down there. But also, demons sometimes need to breathe, sometimes don't. Depends on the demon. Um, but the fishmen are lurking, licking their wounds at the bottom of the ocean, and they don't move. They don't come up. They mind their own business until their first strike, which I believe, because of one big thing of that the lizardmen are very good at following predictions they've got all these sacred plaques they have a very good understanding of magic and they're very good at monitoring seismic activity if you look at the global timeline of warhammer fantasy there is almost never a major seismic event that was not caused by the slon that is like their bread and butter is geomancy so what happens that's very unusual well, hundreds, I want to say like maybe a thousand or so years after the cataclysm, something happens the lizardmen don't understand, which is that the ocean recedes. There's no off the off the uh, the eastern coast. There's no warning. There's no like major earthquake they sense. They didn't do it. And there's no earthquake detected anywhere else in the world that's mentioned, even though all of the other major earthquakes that we get in Warhammer Fantasy are talked about. The ocean recedes and the Lizardmen aren't sure what to make of it. And then the Slons suddenly go, wait, okay, we need to evacuate. Something's about to happen. We need to evacuate the city. And they don't make it. Because the tsunami that shows up is so big that not only does it hit Chupyodal, but it hits for, I think it's literally said hundreds upon hundreds of miles inward. And it mm -hmm. completely obliterates the population of Chupyodal, who had already evacuated. So what I think happened is I believe that the fishmen used a ritual to at the bottom of their chasm because they decided to strike back against the race that hurt them the most. Because they're the lizardmen are who they would associate with the old ones. The lizardmen were a global species that had power across the entire planet, fought against the demons, and eventually retreated to Lustria. And the fishmen finally decided to strike back. And not only did a tsunami 
hit a lot of Lustria, but an entire piece of the continental shelf broke off and sunk to the bottom of a chasm where the fishermen claimed it as their trophy, their ultimate at fuck you to the race that screwed them over. And they make this their new capital, a, a symbol of victory over an oppressor. And they dominate Chup Yodel, and they also now have all these new old one tech to work with, sacred plaques that maybe they're able to interpret, maybe they're able to understand. And from here, I believe they start to spread out. A part of me that wonders about the Nagarothi uh, civilization is that what I wonder about them is there's two real events that I think could have led to there being so many ruins. Because I bet that underworld sea used to be completely filled like just fully populated with fishermen but i think two things could have happened the first that i really really like is the idea that the fishermen did suffer from the demonic incursion but it's that the demons came to nagaroth and they came into the underwater sea where they sensed there was something down there they sensed there was intelligent life and the fishermen had to fight a war and it did not go well for them it went really really bad and what creatures, what fishmen did survive in the underworld sea, just like with the forest spirits of Athel Lauren, those that managed to survive only did so because they became something so awful, so bloodthirsty and dark and cruel in order to be able to beat the demons back. That's what left of them is just that. It's no longer really civilized. It's more of a very, it's very good at hiding. And if something finally corners it, it absolutely tears it apart and devours it but it doesn't seem to expand because all it cares about is surviving at this point, which is what Auden, who was terrified was going to happen to Athel Lauren was that it would turn into this kind of like horrible thing, which is why he bound the hot, the, the, what would become the wood elves to it. So they would temper Athel Lauren to give it balance. And then we have, but I believe that since then the fishermen have just been slowly expanding. This is why they're starting to show up in Ulthuan. This is why they're starting to show up in the Sea of Chaos uh, or the Sea of Claws. I would even go so far as to say is I would not be shocked if Triton and the Mer people do have their own underwater civilization, but they are opposed to the Fishmen. Especially if it turns out that Triton and all of his lot are divine, they are a god-related species to the Fishmen, that would basically just make them like the old ones. They would be this new invasive species into their territory as they're trying to claim their way towards the old world, which is probably why we don't see the fishmen as much in the old world. We tend to see them more around the lizardmen, dark elves, high elves, and out on the high seas. You don't really see them on the coast of the old world, but I think that's because there's an invasive species that's already there that the fishmen are pushing against, but they haven't yet had the chance to defeat in any meaningful way. So that leads us to having a species that has super powerful artifacts that they moved into Chepiotl because the Krakenhelm should not have been in Chepiotl at the start. That is something the fishmen brought to Chepiotl, which to me suggests that is their new capital. That is... Oh, I have maybe a counter theory. Yeah, okay, we'll get to that. But like, <laughs> oh. they, they brought things to it, I think. They relocated powerful things to it. Maybe it's a prison, you can almost think. A place where they keep things they don't want anyone else getting or maybe that they don't want to use, but they've been dominating sea creatures. They've been getting, you know, they've been adding augments onto sea creatures with like the weird shell things on some of their Kraken beasts. And I do not think they're a chaos species. I don't think they're an order species or a, 
like if anything, I would classify them as a neutral, kind of like your ogres, your greenskins, or your tomb kings, where they're minding their own goddamn business. But I do believe that there are moments, kind of like the tide itself, where they become more and less aggressive. But I also believe that they're incredibly sensitive to light, which is why I think one of the big things they hate about the old ones is that the old ones literally moved the planet closer to the sun. They made yeah. the world brighter and warmer. And for the fishmen, that's probably miserable because the bottom of the ocean is dark. It's dark as fuck and it's cold. Those are complete opposite of the surface. Whereas way back in the day, the surface would have been a little better for them. It would have been colder and darker because the sun would have been further away. Um, I do believe they have gods. I think they have a full-on religion. There are notes in the uh, fourth edition Lustria expansion book about a couple of gods that are said to be sleeping in the depths that have ancient worshipers and the lizardmen really aren't sure what to make of it. So the lizardmen just kind of protect it from everywhere else, everyone else and make sure nobody messes with it just to be safe. And so with all of that, we have a full civilization that crumbled uh, and was fully crippled but has since been building itself back and is slowly but surely getting more aggressive. And I think that with the ex maybe the exception of some races like the Famir the, or the Naga or the dragons, that they probably hate every single other species that's on the surface because it reminds them of the oppressors who took everything away from them. And thank you for coming to my TED Talk. <laughs> oh, uh, I don't disagree with all of that. Um, I don't dislike all of that. In fact, there's large chunks of it I like. I think that there is perhaps a little bit too much overarching understanding because it's so long ago now that I think the chances of them fully understanding who they are and why they are is very low. Um, however, the lore quite clearly associates some of the fishmen directly with the old ones. Um, so at least one faction, and it does seem most likely it's the faction that's already by the Lizardmen, were elevated by the old ones and taken from what they were originally into something new. However, I really like that our shattered civilization um, that is encountered again and again across the north of the New World um, is probably the last remnants of the fishmen or what they once were, and that uh, civilization has survived down in the depths of the underseas down there to this day. Um, I think that the brooding hatreds that lie there are potentially very real. And if you perhaps add something like the circlet of iron as coming from them, some of the great uh, artifacts that have been found in what is now the realm of chaos to the north, possibly coming from them as well. We have an ancient powerful capable species that predates the lizardmen i definitely think there is something there that predates the old ones because it's brought up again and again um the entire area around the dark elves constantly mentions ruins from a species before the old ones um and we have a civilization dropped there clearly in the text so equating those two is not a bad idea unfortunately for the whole plan that has been suggested there, the best answer to many of the fishermen that are down by Lustria is that they were elevated, quite unlike the ones to the north, which kind of sucks, because I really quite like that idea. I will um, choose to I think... disregard it. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed, let's disregard those parts. Um, I, think, I think in terms of the overall story, we definitely have a story here, which is that there was a civilization 
that was in existence that was scaly and kind of fishy and definitely amphibious. Um, I said aquatic earlier. I meant to say amphibious earlier. Um, that is amphibious. And to just go back to what Roderick asked me to do, it's beginning to look a lot like Fishman. He did ask me to sing it um, because because <laughs> it is. Um, so there was an ancient civilization. Um, they were magical. They were powerful. They existed in a realm where the dragons and the dragon ogres et al. already existed. And they were above ground, above the surface. And this was the species that was probably below. There might have been multiple different kingdoms, varieties or whatever. Um, the lizardmen come. They are not part of the Lizman's plan, except the Lizman perhaps take some of them, elevate them, give them some great job, as was often the case. Although to me, it doesn't look like that occurred. What seems much more likely is that the cataclysm occurred and in their desperation, they did something to some of the fishmen. Um, and they gave them a different purpose in the same uh, way that they did with the gnomes, for example, or the ogres or the halflings, all of which were elevated above their original position. So that <laughs> probably occurred because there is definitely connections to old ones made. So we have that. And then we have the horrendous war. We have the arrival of the ocean filling with chaos. We will have had demons spilling through. We'll have had mutant fish of a variety of different kinds. New species coming out of nowhere. Everything throttling the life out of the world they once knew. The world has gone to fuck. Now, it's easy to say they didn't take part in the Great War and the Cataclysm. I think they did. It's just nobody else noticed because it was underwater. Um, it would have been a horror mm. show. It would have been truly awful. Their civilization is beat down just like everybody else's they may even have lost um with only a few pockets of their civilizations left and then when magic is sucked from the world by that great vortex go see our previous streams if you don't know what that is winds of magic is a good one so go check that one out um the ocean's empty what little pockets of civilizations have survived some of them trapped away inside the caverns underneath nagaroth others at the bottom of the ocean in various places and they just build up new civilizations it's not so much that they are carrying the burgeoning hatreds of previous generations. It's just more, they're alive now. Let's carry on. New civilizations are created in the same way that Nehekara has absolutely nothing to do with the Empire or Grand Cathay. There's lots of different groups under the water all doing their own thing. And one of those groups has a fell purpose that's certainly in, in really fucked up with the Lizardman stuff down in um, uh, Lustria. Mm. Uh, as to how to develop that further, I definitely completely agree that there is an aggressive group that are moving at a pace. They are infiltrating the High Elves, they're infiltrating probably the Dark Elves, and into the territories that they know, and definitely the Lizardmen as well. Are they different groups? That's all down to individuals who want to write them in their own way. But I will conclude that they definitely exist. Definitely. There's not a, oh, do oh, they, yeah, yeah. are they? They definitely do. They're definitely some of them associated with old ones. Definitely some of them are pitched against the Lizardmen hard. Definitely some of them are by the Dark Elves, and definitely a lot of them are over by the Old World. And if we go around to the other side of the world, there's probably other types. Because one thing the Warhammer world has that we don't have is Heish. And Heish brings sentience. So that means mm -hmm. as it's been flooding its way through the oceans for the last eight, and Heish is of all the winds, the most diffuse. It goes through everything. It's throughout the ocean. 
It's throughout the crust of the planet. It is everywhere. And it brings sentience. Creatures come out from the cracks. And where beforehand they might have done nothing, it, it speeds up evolution at a ridiculous rate. And they bring not just evolution, but sentience. They start to think. So no matter where you go in the Warhammer world, things start coming up with thinking brains, quite unlike the real world in this regard. And that being the case, our oceans are full with stuff that think and do. So that means it's not just it makes sense for them to exist because the setting says so, heish, um, but it makes sense because it's been written about again and again and again and again. So we're going to have all manner of shit down there, loads of civilizations, and I think everything Sotek says is probably the case, but not for all of them by any stretch. I think that'll be a faction, another faction, another faction, all of which have got their own individual hopes, dreams, and goals. And you know I think what he makes it super fascinating. You know what you just said that actually kind of pinged in my head is that if they do, if Games Workshop does what they should do, explore the entire world, if you're use, if someone uses like Japanese mythologies um, for Nippon, Nippon would probably have one of the most fascinating and in-depth interactions with a fisherman race. Because of they're an island, a, like not a it's a tall like Japan's got a lot of like it's a decent sized series of islands, but they're so deeply surrounded and they have so many mythologies about what lurks in the oceans. Yeah, um, I, I think the same would be, a, be the same case for say places like Albion, where you could bring things things like the mm, Kelpies and similar ideas for up there. Um, anywhere that's got mythology um, that's associated with the sea, which is pretty much every single island nation ever, is going to have deep ties to some form of fishman or some form of at least sea-based intelligence. Um, so, I think as our as we're moving towards our second hour, I think it's fair to say that we have uh, very much made it clear that they are freaking real. Yep. Uh, so Christopher, uh, I don't know necessarily about breeding, breeding, but it, you know, what if they're taking people down there to alter them and then they return them to the surface for some nefarious purpose? That is absolutely an idea that could be explored. Um, yeah. The, the whole concept of the water spirit that takes you and drags you underwater is core to a great deal many myths and not using that would be a mistake and they're often associated with changeling myths as well the idea that something is taken and replaced with something else so doing that really works plus in the warhammer world already we have our naiads and nereids and all the rest and they literally do breed with species generally the elves mm. um but they do breed with them they do mate with them and they they might not have kids they might in my version they most certainly do um and that has caused issues. That's directly, uh, in fact, I can literally quote here one. My heart was lanced through when I received the order. Now, this is an elf who's received the order to return to Ulthuin. And the reason is because he can't he can't cope with being parted from his wife, who is a Nereid, um, who is a spirit of the water. Um, and she is tied to that water and can't leave. And that's his wife. And he hikes it back to Ulthuin. Um, so... The elves do do this, and the chances of them breeding with, say, humans or other uh, sea communities isn't just high. I think it's beyond high. We've got mermaids. We've got various other crossbreeds. The beastmen do it. There's going to be chaos-infected ones. The idea that there isn't the equivalent of beastmen of the ocean is, frankly, farcical for Warhammer. Chaos is everywhere. So there's going to be all manner of things. There's going to be changeling kids in the same way that there's changeling beastmen kids. There's going to be beastmen of the water who are effectively your mermaids, maybe the more beastly ones the answer i think to that is probably yes but it does get pretty unpalatable if you start thinking about it too deeply 
Yeah, but yeah, you could. I I would be sh- if Games Workshop ever did go full tilt with the Fishman. There's no. I don't think they could physically resist using the shadows over Insmith to tell a story somewhere of like a city that's being taken over by them. Um, is there some more issues kicking over there on YouTube? Probably apologies for issues on YouTube. Nothing we can go, do about that one. Yep, go to Switch. Uh, Song yep. of Power, Fishman, and Warpstone. How do you imagine that works? Ah, uh, that would be a really interesting thing to explore like you know how resistant would they be to it it's like oh well you could argue the ocean's full of so much magic and the lore kind of establishes that like the there's something deep beneath the earth that has always had where the magic's been based on how the geomantic web works which if the fishmen have lived in those deep chasms maybe they were closer to it than anybody else so maybe they're particularly resistant against magic like physically affecting them in which case warpstone they would be able to use it relatively safely but alternatively, it could be that it's just as dangerous to them as everyone else. So if there are warpstone meteors that land in the ocean and sink to the bottom, the fishmen have probably had to deal with it. Um, how that would affect them, though? You know. Yeah, uh, yes to all of that. And I'll also add, though, that there is definitely um, several instances in the lore where uh, artifacts associated with the fishmen, like, for example, the what was the name of that one? It's the abyss one again. I always keep forgetting the name of it. I'll maybe have a note. doesn't really matter. It's the Howling uh, Abyss, as I recall. The Howling yes. Abyss of the Monster Arcanum. Um, that, that one oh. there is associated with um, the good old uh, uh, Fishman. Um, and that is basically a portal through to not the realms of chaos, but one of the other fragmented other realms of uh, reality around. It's a, an old portal, and it's mentioned in a couple of places. And this portal is exuding magic so um it's definitely a thing that's over by tilia so there's definitely stuff out there what was this uh, from hammond q and discovery channel fishman song i love the chasms love the deep blue seas i love big monsters love when great whale is there a tune to this because i feel like i'm missing yes one. uh there is but uh hammond keeps referencing songs that nobody knows because it's hammond <laughs> dude <laughs> I yeah, can't I sing it if I don't know channel. the tune. I would nope. be happy if I don't watch the Discovery Channel. I feel sad because I can't. The Discovery sing Channel song. used to be good, but it's just not anymore. I'm sorry. Hey, morning. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Uh, to make Andy laugh, remember, Innsmouth was inspired by Lovecraft finding out that his grandmother was Welsh. And that does make me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, that made me laugh a lot. In fact, that's, oh, uh, that, that tickles me. That ridiculous racist bastard. Anyway, uh... right. So, are we going to move on to questions? Questions, yeah, we'll we have be a up ton. Questions time now because we've got quite a lot of questions to work through this week, and we'd like to get through as many of them as possible. Yeah. So, uh, okay, uh, let's get going. Half crown. <laughs> Could one of the lords of Musion secretly be a fishman under the signature black helmet? And if so, would they invest resources in a municipal water system of Musion City? A, you joke, but Musion is right on the uh right on the ocean. And it is a sinister city where there's a lot of horrible shit happening, and there are a lot of different factions vying for power there. The idea that there could be a fishman race that could be sending trying to send agents into Musion, I would not put past possibilities now do i think that's who the black knight is obviously not no. but <laughs> <laughs> no <laughs> we, we gotta do a stream I mean, on Malabon. If, if you want to do it for your own thing sure but yeah that's not the story i'd be trying to tell there there's better ways 
of tying in our equivalent to fishmen, our aquatic rate species, than trying to override somebody else's story, which is which is riffing on different myths. I would most certainly not do that there. But the idea of having some sort of selkie-like creature or a witch of the waters, which I think would work very well for Musalon, a dark witch of the waters that was getting appealed uh, to out in the ocean and then possibly getting summoned um, to bring in some great tidal wave, that works really quite well. And that could tie into these myths relatively easily. Yeah, and I will say, uh, that is the one thing I refuse to budge on, no matter who I talk to, is that the fishmen are capable of summoning tidal waves like they did to Chip Yodel, because it's the only thing, it's the best way that makes sense, also why the Lisbon couldn't predict it, and it's also a fucking terrifying power, because tsunamis are just, they're one of the scariest fucking things in existence. Yeah, totally. Um, uh, next? next? Oh, oh, this question is actually really good. Like, it's funny, but it's also a genuinely interesting question. Von Raptor asks, are the fishmen or menfish that Marius Leapdorf goes on about the actual fishmen? Or are they just imagined fishmen that are based on real fishmen? Or did he encounter something similar? What is going on with him? What's going on with Marius Leitdorf? <laughs> wow. Okay, so um, <laughs> Marius Leitdorf um, is, a, is a genius. Let's start off with that. He's exceedingly intelligent. He's an artist. He's a poet. He's also mad as a brush. Um, he is the one of the finest swordsmen in the empire while simultaneously appointing his own horse to a host of important political positions. Um, he perceives things that aren't there. Would he be uttering stuff that is potentially true? Yes. If any, if you want to make a character who's potentially a seer, Marius Leitdorf is that character, while simultaneously spouting absolute nonsense. So I think, yeah, sure, if you want it to be something that is real, you absolutely can make it so. Then you can literally have Marius say anything, and that could be the case, though. He is a unique character. My favorite quote of his is how angry he gets when he talks about no one appreciating him for stopping the great unicorn invasion of like 25, <laughs> it was like 2501 <laughs> or something like that. He's like, no one else stopped the unicorns. It was I. <laughs> it's like, oh, Marius. And I don't, he, could, he could be completely right and nobody would know <laughs> and nobody would believe him. True fact. He's also uh, incredibly infamous for being one of the biggest dicks in the world. He has started numerous wars because of how he insults people. He's really good at insulting people. Yeah. And his death was actually really sad. Uh, he yeah, out, it was. He went out like a boss against uh, Vorbad Ironjaw. But mm -hmm. uh, anyway, uh, Porpoise asks, are there any cults of fishmen throughout the Empire of Man? I do recall the short story of Gojek and Felix facing a sea cult, but wondering if the fishmen might have infiltrated coastal cities and areas like Skaven have. I think the answer is certainly yes. Um, there are definitely throughout the old world a host of communities that are aware of sirens, for example, and sirens are just one manifestation of a greater, a, a greater equivalent of a fishman society that lives in and around the old world in various pockets. Are some of those going to be weird and sinister and cultish? Definitely. This is Warhammer. There's always weird and sinister and cultish elements to almost everything. So I would be absolutely appalled. Um, if that weren't the case, because it would be an absolute waste of very good material. Yeah. Also, have you ever met like a human? If any of us encounter any, anything slightly weird, we're like, oh, we're just going to worship that now. 
<laughs> it's either worship it or bang it. That's pretty much what yeah. humans do. <laughs> so, so both have probably happened. Um, yeah, absolutely. I'm, yeah, considering there's there's literally a um, in fourth edition, there's a hilarious note in the Sea of Claws book about there is a icon of Zunki, who is the old one god that is associated with water, um, that is worshipped in a Norskan tribe as a sea god because they don't really know what it is. But they're like, oh, we we figured out it's associated with water, and so they're worshiping an old one, which is really funny. Um, also, I just wanted to bring this up because I did find the right page on page seventy-five of Eighth Edition Big Red Book. There was the never used; it never got used. The, the rule. core rule sea creature, which says, "In the deep seas of the Warhammer world, lurk all manner of foul and wondrous denizens, from the killer kraken to the sinuous sea serpents and black-scaled leviathans. Such creatures can move through water as easily as man walks the land, but are somewhat ponderous when out of their element." And it was literally uh, saying that you get half movement if you are moving on ground instead of water terrain. I, I, as I'd say, it was set up for um, including them later. Even if they had no deep plans for doing so, they set it all up so they could do so. Abyss Walker adds, a fishman corn berserker or other god equivalent? Nice! And I agree. And I think that there will be fallen fishmen just like there's fallen anything else. And whenever the fishmen, if they ever did get expanded, they wouldn't be called fishmen because that's a terrible name for any species. Oh, oh, lizardmen. Let's just move on. <laughs> Beastmen. Beastmen. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah, surely they wouldn't do it a third time. <laughs> um uh von gores they call gores thank goodness uh, yeah uh <laughs> von raptor are fishmen edible and if so do they count as surf and turf are they edible probably yes. some yeah somebody would try Definitely. someone's gonna try eat them um i had uh back in second edition i had a character who used to basically discuss how to cook each and every different denizen of the warmer world and whenever i used them for writing it would just be basically a, a, a recipe um and that was i will was say one of the most criminal things that fourth edition doesn't have is there is the two big characters, the second edition of the, I think it's an ogre. Is it a person or an ogre that like says how to eat everything? That you're I'm, talking I'm about. not sure which one you've done. Uh, that that, that, that's, a Breto that's a Bretonian chef. It was a Bretonian chef. Uh, <laughs> but there was also the, the clan Eshin assassin who said how to kill anything with poison. That character was so poison. good because like, it was yeah. like, Oh, if you're playing a, a, a poisoner character, he can give you in uh, well, lore knowledge. On how so to do sli it. Slightly annoyingly, that was supposed to be being picked up in the what is now the Imperial Zoo book. Well, it wasn't going to be the Imperial Zoo book at that point, where one of the characters was going to be effectively describing how you could kill each one of the monsters and also use each one of the monsters to create new poisons to kill other monsters. That was going to be the whole <laughs> point of that character. Um, that nice. Sadly, that um, character disappeared. Happened. Oh do God. Do all gods have power over death? Why did Stromfels take in a uh, dollar Solstra, store? Solstra, dear Solstra. Um, from uh, uh, What would happen to dead fishermen? Um, we don't know is the answer. Uh, the best answer we have is that everything in the ocean gets swept up into the maelstrom down at the arsehole of the world. Um, go check out the Maw stream for more on that. Um, but I think... Oh, that... oh, you're, okay. You're not talking about Solstra. You're talking about uh, the, the, the Brine Maiden. The Brine uh, Maiden. The she is a she is a siren, a very very powerful siren who lives off the uh, the vampire coast. And again, we don't know. Loosely speaking, um, all gods don't have power over death in terms of how the pantheons are organized. But that doesn't mean that the 
fish men civilizations don't have their own traditions and their own way of dealing with these things and if you were writing them you would create new ones it wouldn't be the same ones being repeated again more for example is quite different to say morai heg who's quite different to say Erith kail and how each one of those manifests with different underworld uh connections. Yeah, or jeff or Jeff, Jeff, uh, Jeff. Yeah, it just sounds silly when you say it out loud. <laughs> who's the Who's the current Death God? Oh yeah, it's Jeff. Jeff. It's, it's Jeff. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, like I would be shocked if the Fishmen didn't have their own Death God. Which they if you want, if you and were I tying think... everything together, the male, the creation of the Maelstrom could actually have Maelstrom. a lot of really Huge. interesting interaction there. Yeah, yeah, that'd be a really good one to pull in. Um, good old Jeff. Um, but yeah, you would definitely their civilization would change because of what happened with the creation of them all. Um, so uh next question uh would be um oh uh the only other thing I want to say about Stromfels is that I think because of what Total War did with them, Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay, because Games Workshop approved it, um, are likely following suit, which seems to be Stromfels is kind of being given power over those who die at sea. His sphere seems to be kind of that's uh, weird. Sw swallowing that up a bit because he's <laughs> that's, he's that's weird <laughs> I, yeah i know but like he's kind of the patron of the vampire coast is the way they kind of twisted it and with this the the brine maiden kind of getting his powers as well um mm. uh, with because with solostra they established the idea that he can resurrect people that die at sea into ghosts sean asks how would you bring the fish man to total war well first i'd speak to the programmers and i'd speak <laughs> to the animators <laughs> That is that is not what they're asking, but yes. Oh, really? <laughs> is <it not? laughs> uh, this is actually the next question on the Discord as well from Castrated. Um, So there are two ways you could do it. The way I would prefer is for them to be a standalone race, um, for them to just be a full awesome race or a mini race uh, that comes out just like the Chaos Dwarfs or whatever, and they get like all sorts of cool things. They get their own monsters. They get their own units. Um, if they weren't allowed to do that and they just had to squeeze them into somebody else, um, I would be sad but I would probably <laughs> divide them up um, into just relevant places. So like, oh, if it's a big sea monster, like merwor like if you're like, oh, you got merworms and stuff. Well, if they do, which they probably will, the sea patrol faction for the high elves, well, I'm going to put some over there. Um, Nagaroth has a whole thing with pulling creatures up from the depths. So I'm going to put some over there with the dark elves. Maybe I'll give a big scaly monster to the lizardmen from the seas. And like, if they ever do like Marienburg, maybe I'll give them some kind of, like divine unit um you know i'll put naiads with the protonians i'll put sea nymphs with like Araby if they ever were a thing you would just kind of divide them up into semi-relevant places the vampire coast could get a couple more big monsters because they're very nautical uh, i would prefer them to be their own thing but if you had to chop them up you could i'll tell you after i've played the game more fair enough uh, <laughs> that's Mr. my answer i need to go play the game more Doing it very soon. New PC just sitting down there. Being I'm so excited. Good so excited. excited. <laughs> Me uh, too. Mr. Massacre, is there any major Warhammer events besides the seeking of Chepyotl assigned associated with the Fishmen? As major far as like, event. yeah, major events, I would probably say no. No, not that I can think of. I mean, there's lots of hints and there's lots of ruins, um, but there's no defined. Uh, th there's nothing defined beyond this people met the fishmen and were wiped out somebody got away and told us about it we all laughed at them um but beyond that no not really yeah um yeah because they yeah. 
they're mostly kind of portrayed as um they tend to be very heavily portrayed as uh almost like ambush predators or taking advantage of very specific situations um, almost like scavengers so yeah. they don't tend to be a big event type group yeah i think relatively soon i say relatively because i want to get to grips with that a little bit first but i'm definitely going to be um streaming it soonish i need to we've got another room that i need to get this computer into first and i've got a variety of setups things to do but it will we'll occur. let you know yeah we'll we'll let you know. Know exactly song of power do you, do you think, you think... A... Oh, go. <laughs> do you think there's a secret pocket ocean realm as the fishman had to escape the end times and made it to aos somehow but sure why not who know who the fuck knows Look, i don't know it... It's the Warhammer world. If the Light College of Magic can live in its own pocket realm within Altdorf, trust me, there's going to be, in the greater world, a bajillion other examples of that in a bajillion other ways. So the answer to that is almost certainly yes. Yeah, well, especially if you think about, like, how our world has really active myths about how there's, like, an underworld sea that, like, connects all of the world seas and all this other shit. Like, there's no way yeah. they wouldn't run with that in Warhammer. So probably... Yeah, totally. Yeah, totally. Yeah, it'll be a thing. Um, Yeti 13, do the fishermen get along with anyone? Uh, not that we've really seen. They don't seem to have many friends. No, um, I think it's fair to say that the answer is probably no. Um, but I will add, though, that that is looking at them as a universal constant. Um, I would say that given that there are almost certainly many different civilizations and pocket communities and a variety of other things, there'll be examples where they do. But do be aware this is Warhammer, and I will stress the first syllable of that, war. And you tend to find that most of the civilizations of Warhammer are given very good reason to be wanting to kill, hate, or otherwise tear apart their neighbors so um no matter what i gotta be able to hit my figurines together otherwise yeah totally you take that no you take that no you dude seriously yeah 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 so um the answer will probably be no i think you if you want a a good model for them think of them like the lizardmen geo we do look at the youtube comments but we're answering questions from the discord that were pre-submitted beforehand but i do read them <laughs> i do yeah, see we, them over there <laughs> just so you know and if you happen to be watching this later um we have a thread or a stream uh put aside in sotex discord every single week uh for questions to be pre-submitted so if they're submitted during the show we're not going to look at them submitted after the show we won't look at them um but we do take uh comments over there so if you do want to ask us any questions beforehand pop into sotex server go ask your questions there and we will probably bring them up during the show other than that your best bets to get through are super chat like mad yeah super chat oh yeah those will, yeah, those, those will we will interrupt ourselves yeah every single uh, time because uh, all we can, we're very thankful and you rock yep we need to eat uh Whitfire, <laughs> thank you for the uh question do you think the old ones plan to ex planned to exterminate the fishmen and if so what would they have used to do so uh same thing they would have used for everything else their war machines and saurian legions and i i personally believe uh i i see I see Andy's counterpoints. I don't believe that they're a planned race from the old ones or that the old ones looked at them and went, eh, mistake, and tried to wipe them out, which is why they retreated down there. But could be that the old ones sent them down there on purpose. Either will do. There, there's, uh, there's lots of potential answers for that, and I think that um, getting those answers half the fun. I will admit I am very biased about old one and chaos races. I, I think I really want there to be a main playable race that is pre-old one, pre-chaos, that doesn't have anything to do with them. Um, and I think we're criminally lacking those, so that's why. I and I think this, uh, and I think that the um, 
if I were to do it, I would probably use the cavern dwelling ones because that makes um, an almost perfect group because we have a lot of existing lore in that area that is fucking scary. Malekith got most of his power from them. Um, mm -hmm. And that the ruins that are there are the source of his power. The, look at what Loki has become potentially from a similar um, route. There's lots of cool shit that you could draw on from that. So yeah, I'd be well up for using that as a method of giving us an army that is not just old one elevated or chaos. Uh, let's see. Mr. Massacre, did Chaos's arrival corrupt the fishermen like the other races on the Warhammer world? Almost assuredly. Yeah. There, there is no escape from chaos. That's the there, universal constant. There is only one species in the Warhammer world which is truly incorruptible, and that's the Slan. Um, but even they, under certain circumstances, um, are in a desperate position. But if you want the official word on it, the Slan are incorruptible. Um, but that's it. Doesn't yeah. mean that they don't make mistakes. Doesn't yeah. mean they don't get everything right. But yeah, incorruptible. Yeah. And the Slan go through a lot of trouble to keep it that way. Like the Slan are not confident in that themselves. <laughs> yeah, totally. Uh, Mr. Schnellbomber, where is Morger on the fishman scale? One being least like a fishman and 10 just being a fishman with horns? Probably a one, maybe a two. Uh, like Mor Morger's barely even a beast man, to be honest, but that's for a, that's for a whole nother thing. Uh, I'm sure uh, we'll do Morger at some point. Yeah, we have to. I, I love him so much. Um, mm -hmm. All right. Uh, Servant of Sin. Uh, do any of them live in a pineapple under under the sea? Sure. Why not? Don't let your dreams be uh, memes be dreams. Um <laughs> Is Dr. Zoidberg the ruler? I would love if they ever, honestly, the way well, Games Workshop likes to name characters. Or is Loki or just Dr. Zoidberg? <laughs> <laughs> Anytime he has to run away, just <laughs> whoop, 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 whoop. It's, it's actually worth saying that um, several of the uh, merfolk equivalents are given claws instead of hands. Um, so, and as ridiculous as it may sound, um, there's at least one of the mermaid species that are only have claws for hands. And if you go over and look at the old ones that were popped up in what the what are those land ones called the uh, ones in the Bretonian book that I keep forgetting the lake men. Um, yeah, the lake men. They yeah, also they have um, they have claws for hands as well. So the idea of um, the fish folk having claws for hands is actually canon in multiple places. So it's definitely in there somewhere. Kremlo disagrees with you. <laughs> I don't give a damn about Kremlo. <laughs> oh my, I finally read that story not that long ago, and it was like, okay, Warhammer was in a different place. <laughs> yeah, it, it moves around a little bit, does good old Warhammer. Yeah, uh, let's see. Uh, if Gelt was captured by the fishman, <gasps> what might happen to him? I mean, he would just probably never be seen again, or worse, be turned into some kind of puppet. Who is calling me? You say worse, that sounds better. I was taking um. <laughs> <laughs> We're but, getting uh, calls during the show. That's one way to get your question asked. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> uh, how do you think the Fishmen view chaos? They didn't seem to like the old ones. Uh, I think they probably hate chaos even more. Um, Definitely. Yeah. Um, I mean, chaos is the ultimate enemy for pretty much everyone, no matter who they are. Uh, nobody likes chaos except for chaos themselves. So, yeah, bad guys. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I don't think they would be friendly with chaos at all, especially because I don't I don't need any more chaos species. We have so many, and like the Naga of Koresh are probably going to end up being a chaos species if they use the lore they already have. Uh, so I don't I I want I I want like another green skin species where they're just kind of there and they're on nobody's side and they're just spooky. Uh, we need more of those in the world. 
I'm going to bring this one up because it amuses me. Um, what inspiration are you taking for the real world for the fishmen culture? I, I'm bringing this one up because I think that that's, um, it, it, it speaks to what Games Workshop always does, which is lifting real world stuff and dropping it in. But um, it it also speaks to how would you build them if you were going to do it anyway? And there are a variety of real world myths ranging from our Atlantis myths. And all, we all know that Althuin is basically the Atlantis myth. Um, but there are a variety of different cultures that could be drawn upon, but most of them are fictional. So I think the best answer to that one would be almost certainly something fictional, which is relatively problematic because most of the fictional cultures are under copyright. So it would be a classic games workshop reimagining. Yeah, I would I would look at real world mythologies is usually your safest bet. Like look at yes. Polynesian mythology or it's Japanese mythology cuz a lot of cultures that were surrounded by the ocean and had to deal with the ocean a lot and see what they came up with. Definitely. But, you know, be respectful about it and try not to use the actual people. <laughs> try and stick to the actual myths. Yeah. Um, Turn, turning real people into uh, animals is never a good look. Uh, let's see. Uh, Sotex character in the Monstrous Arcade. Oh, okay. So I don't think Andy's ever seen that. So like three or four years ago for a Halloween special, I did like an episode a day type thing, but I was playing a character um, who was like instructing some person he found about Fishman, but it's revealed at the very, it's, er, not, sorry, not about Fishman, but about various monsters across the Warhammer world. And we covered all sorts of different fun things. But the last episode, it's revealed that he's a Fishman cultist. And he actually like works with the fishmen and they give him immortality and knowledge and a bunch of other nonsense. Totes. Um, I'd just like to make one other comment because I was putting me out the comments come up. We do occasionally take the comments up from that are sitting inside the comment chat. Don't think that if you make comments, we don't read and look, we're reading them all the time. So everything that you do comment, we are reading and we will very occasionally bring them up in the live chats too. Just so you know. Yeah. Oh, court like a good one, core artificer of that. I, I think you're kind of referencing the sea people from the collapse of the Bronze Age. That could be an interesting place to look because there's not a lot of known about the sea people. They're kind of very mysterious and we're very <laughs> scary, apparently. And you'd probably draw on ancient myths of like that the islands of Thule and, and the old civilizations that lie off in the oceans. It'd be all manner of cool shit you could draw on if you started doing all of your research. Uh, let's see. Lopi, uh, what gods do the fishermen believe in? We don't know. We don't know that much about them. It's yeah. very scant. Um, and it's yeah. almost always from the position of people being attacked by them, not what they're actually like. It, true fact. I, but knowing Games Workshop, it's almost certain that they would say, ah, it's Manan and Stromfels because the, they've got some gods already. So they'll just repurpose them and reuse them. Um, I think uh, that's almost a disservice to what would be a grand and complicated set of civilizations. Um, but I would definitely use them. They would be a part of it somewhere in the fabric there. Uh, Cabanda! What did I just say about Kremlo? He's trash! Kremlo is trash! I said it here. F tier. He's F tier. He's a weird character. He's got a stupid name. And the Slon were freaking nightmare fuel back then. They were fat frogs with very skinny legs that were athletic, and I hated them. Anyway, <laughs> he's a Slon that joined the Norskins before the Slon were what they are today. He's a heretic and should be burned at the stake. <laughs> Moving on! <laughs> Definitely a thing. Uh... Uh, in the final Malice Darkblade model, there was a dark, Malice Darkblade novel. There was a giant sea creature slash demon that attacked their black arcs. What the heck was it? Uh, I don't remember off the top of my head, but usually, if it's something terrorizing people at sea, Games Workshop's favorite ultimate monster for the ocean is the Black Leviathan. 
Ah, the good old big teeth black leviathan again first popped up in uh, Man of War. Um, and they do like their big tentacly crackeny type creatures as well because it just it just reeks of the sea. Um, yeah, you'll find that uh, the warmer world's oceans are freaking enormous and they will hold entities and creatures of ridiculous size and many of them will only ever be seen once because the seas are so huge so they can literally just say that gigantic creature that we want this week bring it up and never use it again and it's still not weird uh let's see from flying taco are fish do you think fishmen would biologically be fish mammals crustaceans ghouls or their own classification yeah um, yeah i think they'd probably be their own classification um i i don't think they would be mammals i could say that with confidence because they would probably die horribly <laughs> at the bottom of the sea uh, but they'd probably be a mix of all sorts of different weird things. That was Qui-Gon Jin. Yeah, uh, yeah, that was Qui-Gon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Mr. Pig! <laughs> he's they're not letting it go. So it's I, I don't Crimlo is just he's I put him in that part of my mind. Uh what's what is the opposite of a tower of memories? <laughs> where, where do you put things that you never what want to you're think saying about? is Kremlo's your guilt. Yes, yeah, you could say that. Crimlo. Uh, he, so he sounds like a Muppet character. Um, <laughs> all right. Ryan Lich, uh, do you think the fisherman would be an order race, neutral, or chaos? Uh, I would say neutral it's slash tough. destruction. Yeah. Uh, um, you, you could easily see factions forming, and some of them might be chaos, and some of them might be... But, but I've never really been that keen on trying to force um, the species of the Warhammer world into this very fake, artificial, good guy, bad guy, neutral guy model because it just doesn't work. Most of them are self-interested fuckers um, and they're not good guys and they're not bad guys. Trying to um, say that the High Elves is good guys to me is just mental sometimes. And the same for the Empire. They're self-interested. Well, it's not good guys. It's just civilization you've, building. You've basically got everybody that's anti-chaos. And chaos. Yeah, that being and then said, you've got people that just fight for the sake of fighting. Yeah, the um, order and chaos system uh, is one of those things where if you try if you try and look at it too closely, it doesn't work actually, which is uh, funny. But uh, like the the old one they used for fantasy, the AOS one makes a lot more sense, but the the fantasy one is goofy because um, they're like, oh, they only count if they build civilization, and then destruction is anti civilization. But then they put the dark elves in the destruction category, which is like. <laughs> like i get i get that they're kind of parasites on other civilizations because they're slavers but like they they do build a civilization that is the whole thing no no get out, <laughs> no, you get out. <laughs> thank you very much for the suggestion i might take that on board <laughs> uh well, I, I will yeah no 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 uh um have orcs so, interacted with them? Um, I don't recall there being a specific no. mention. I can't think of one, but they obviously have. Yeah, and there I are orc, like one. Greenskin fleets are a big thing. Like there are greenskin pirates in fantasy, and they're just as hilarious as you think they would be. Um, and it's undoubtable to me that fishmen have attacked a greenskin pirate you fleet. Find that when an orc wa hits a coast and there's nowhere to go, they don't turn back. They start building and they go across and they keep on going until they hit the other side. Um, so that definitely would have occurred. If anything, though, the fishmen have one major advantage and they can just go, yeah, whatevs and go down. Yeah, who knows? Maybe, maybe some of Wa Grom got lost because fishmen attacked some of the isolated ships because he, he lost did. a lot of his fleet. So he did. He did. Um, all right. Uh, 
what do we think the relationship would be? Uh, hmm. Okay, what do we think the relationship between the Fishmen, the other order race, older, sorry, races would be such as elves, lizardmen, snakemen of Koresh, and even the Dragon Emperor? I, I imagine they probably wouldn't be friendly with anybody. Um, maybe rivals, like with the dragons, um, or who knows, maybe they had some kind of alliance with the dragons of old. Um, but like there were sea dragons, so who knows, like the Fishmen could have sea dragons with them. Actually, um, I'm going to bring something up here because they have never met because orcs are from 40k. <laughs> Ever. You know, I, I, I like to be nice to people about that. I get it. It happens. <laughs> Just but... so you don't know, but I, I bring it up because it is worth knowing. Orcs with a C or Warhammer, orcs with a K are 40k. And it is worth bringing up just so, you know, there is a difference between them. There is only um, one setting in all of fiction where it's with a K. And it's 40k. Every other setting. Hammond also C. mentioned it. Looks like I'm not alone. Look, Hammond also brought it up. <laughs> yeah. uh, <laughs> All right. Anyway. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I don't I don't think the fishermen were really now. I do think the Naga of Koresh could actually oh, maybe have something interesting going on there. Uh if the Naga are also a primordial species. Um, the, the fourth edition Lustria book seems to almost imply that the Naga were maybe the original Lizardmen. Um, and then the Naga might have been what descended or what the old ones turned them into, and the Naga escaped somewhere and then reemerged after the cataclysm. Who can say? Um, but uh who knows? They, there might be a relationship there, but the Naga also seem like they're kind of what the chaos dwarves are to machinery and industry, the Naga seem to be to like blood magic and biological warfare so they might be really nasty um but we'll have to wait and see so um i have a little bit we do know their relationship with some of them already because it's established and that's the elves and the elves know pretty much fuck all um indeed they were quite convinced that there wasn't anything and it came as a bit of a shock um so they don't really have a relationship and i think that that's hmm. probably going to be the case for almost all land dwelling species until the sea dwelling species decide that they want to come up and then they become a concern and then you start establishing relationships beyond that is there po the potential for communities individual communities here and there spotted around the warhammer world working with trading with dealing with uh each other sure um, but you'd need to have a pretty decent story for why that's the case and also why it isn't well known by others. So it's not something that I would see being a very likely outcome. Uh, do they have any special characters? If not, is there any material you think could allude to one? Uh, we don't ever get any specifics really about them. Um, but if you ever wanted to come up with one, I would just look in mythology for like really famous gods or creatures or like specific creatures and stuff that live at sea. Because GW usually like kind of if they can find an easy thing like that, it's not usually that unusual for them to use it. Totes. I mean, you're really looking at uh, Triton, um, which is a little bit like saying you're looking at uh, Ariel or Orion, um, a, a godlike entity. Um, you're looking at potentially some of the old spirits, which are named here or there, mostly on the role-playing side. So you might get a name that sounds vaguely elven um, for one of the spirits. 
Um, but that would be an equivalent of, say, Durthu rather than a fish man. Um, that'd be the equivalent of a tree man, a water spirit, something that might be the equivalent of a tidal um, entity or a, an underground hot stream of water. Um, Got to remember the space down there is a 3D space, so the spirits that are down there are going to be swirls that may move in a particular way, a bit like a river that you get up all above ground. And they'll be also associated with certain winds of magic. Um, so, yeah, sure, they're going to have all manner of characters, but yeah, go make your own mostly. Uh, let's see. Uh, we already kind of talked about that. We already talked about that. Uh, what kind of real life fish slash sea life would fishmen resemble in design? Hopefully a lot. Like just like sea life is so crazy diverse. Yeah. You know, you wouldn't want the fishmen just to be one kind of like, I hope it's not just fishmen with needle teeth in various sizes. I hope it's like all sorts of crazy shit. Like some of them have octopus tentacles. Some of them have crab features. Some of them are like jellyfish. Like, I hope they're just all over the place. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, there <laughs> is a diversity of life that is currently not being reflected in the overall Warhammer output. And there is a huge swath of awesome that you could draw upon there. So I see no reason why you wouldn't. Um, I like to think of the, say, needle teeth, um, big buggy eye type of fishman has been, say, let's say an equivalent of the Saurus, in that they are some sort of warrior caste, a warrior species perhaps, and that there will be others doing other things as well. Um, I don't think the Lizardmen are necessarily a bad model for doing a quick I want to have some fishmen in my game, how could I work it? I could do it in a similar model and just build up my own fish varieties. You could do it that way. It would be a bit derivative, but it's certainly a decent start, and it will give you the option for having quite a broad array of different creatures, and then you can start pulling out all the crap you get from Aquaman sliding through, which would be all manner of cool, and wars at the bottom of the ocean, and, and crazy beams of light, and spells, and all weird nonsense going on. That's the sort of shit you want, with all manner of biological lights going all over the place, so we can watch it in our own little heads. Yeah. Uh, and then Ryan Lucas with the Fishman being canon lead to DW doing a spin on Atlantis. They already have. Uh, Ultuan is Atlantis. Yeah. Ultuan is Atlantis. Um, and Ultuan is also more strongly Greekly inspired than many realize, although there's a certain aspect of um, uh, Japanese culture running through it too. Um, they, the elves of Ultuan are pretty much Atlantis. Hey, Kremlin. Look what you assholes did. You actually got Kremlin to <laughs> show up. <laughs> you wouldn't stop talking about him. Hey, Kremlo, he has descended from the stars to bring his wrath. Your cast fans came to me with your pearls of mink, my milk for me, and let you bring down this heretic. And let you I, 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 I fear nothing from a character that's been discontinued for 30 years. Get out of my get out. I, I think we should reclaim Kremlo. <laughs> Never. Never in my life. Uh, <laughs> And JG Binks, orc spores at the bottom of the ocean, fish orcs. You know what? That is not as ridiculous as it sounds. It's, <laughs> it's, it's not. Um, it, 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 it's not. Um, uh, the, the chance of there being some form of native green skin down there is, I think, far too high to be dismissed. The reason being that we have examples of several types of green skin in the Warhammer world that do not match the spore model. 
um, in that the Spore model for green skins that came from 40k and has inspired green skins nowadays um, has somehow also produced hobgoblins. It's also produced our noblars. It's also produced a variety of strains of green skins that don't make sense within our established understanding of what the spores would do. That being the case, the chance of the Warhammer world's magic or those eight winds of magic slamming through everything all the time and changing those spores and not making some of them work in a different way down there, I think is next to nil. I think that that is very likely. Fish orcs! You mean forks? Wildfoot, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, what would they use as currency? The nightmares of the insane and or children? Maybe. Sure. Uh, yeah, that'll do. <laughs> yeah, but uh, you know, who knows? What what what's something valuable they found down at the bottom of the sea that is rare enough but plentiful enough? I don't know, shells or some nonsense. I think I would be quite interested in building different societies for different versions, some of which would have no interest or concern with such things because they just do not think like humans. Um, they do not think like us. Um, the, our immediate understanding of basic barter, trade, and similar is not something that concerns them. But then perhaps have other civilizations that are concerned with that. I think there's lots of answers to that question. And I think rather than saying it's probably this, I'd much rather say use your imagination it could be almost anything yep uh simpolo i i think you'd fear the berry milk i mm, i feel like this i mm, see i i know the internet well enough to be very suspicious of anything milk related immediately <laughs> for various reasons so i'm just not gonna go down that dark alleyway wise uh, move <laughs> uh simpolo i actually really like this question uh is the ancient city of quintex perhaps an old fishman enclave could very well be because yeah we have no fucking idea what the ancient city of quintex is to my knowledge yeah um, there's, even though there's, it's total war it's a pretty important place yeah there's a host of ancient ruins many of which have been built upon by the lizardmen as well um that predate literally everything and we don't have an answer other than it could be this, it could be that. Like, it could have been something to do with the dragons. It could be something to do with the dragon ogres. It could be something to do with the naga. It could be something to do with the fishmen. So the answer is it could be, I think, is the only thing we can say. Uh, Remzon, forgive me if I mess something up. It's been a while uh, since I've read these books. Uh, in one of the Go Trek Felix books, they descend to an underwater temple and fight some dark elf executioners. Is that structure a sunken elven city from the Sundering? Could it be a fishman make? If I recall correctly, it is an elven city because they go down there for an elven artifact, and that's from yeah. Elf Flayer. Yeah. Elf uh, yeah. And then in the first book, Malice and his entourage occur, uh, encounter a bandit city where they search for water wells before they are set upon by beastmen. The architecture is described as having maritime ornaments. Could these place be relieved to the fishmen? Mm. Probably it could, not. It could, just, it could just be a human settlement that's really old yeah. and abandoned. Yeah, particularly if you're talking maritime rather than necessarily deep ocean. Yeah. Uh, let's see. It's probably have a very different style of architecture. Uh, let's see. Nasir says, "I live on the I live on the Atlantic provinces of Canada, and would really like to know how fishmen taste. But more seriously, lobsters can get like stupid big. Do oh, I? Yeah. Do we think the fishmen would ride super heavy lobsters or tame some giant lobster monsters as siege monsters? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we already have Promethean crabs, which are like fucking gigantic. So I don't see why a lobster monster would not be a thing. Totally. Uh, and lobsters are proper scary things. Um, I used to, I lived in a harbor when I was a kid, lived in a lighthouse. And um, I used to creel for lobsters. And every once in a while, you'd catch a 
big one, which was really good because I sold them on to the local uh, factory. Um, but some of them were proper big, and you're like, wow. So would I be wanting to write about that sort of thing and reflect the craziness that I'd seen? Oh, yeah, because lobsters are proper weird. Love them. Yep. The real question is, would they be mounts or would they just be some well, a subspecies of fishmen? Because especially because of how like lobsters can be functionally almost immortal. And I, yeah, and yeah, nice crustacean species would be quite fun working off yep. of that. Yeah, I definitely think there's something in that. I agree. Uh, then he asks about their magic. Do we imagine their magic users would come from the deepest, darkest trenches and maybe look something like anglerfish or other deep, deep selling species? Uh, I'm assuming he says I'm assuming Gur might flirt down to such places and go stagnant, therefore making Dar. Yep. It would. Um, yeah, there could absolutely be Dar down there. Gur is drawn yeah. to big sea monsters. Gyran is drawn to just the ocean in general. Um, yep. And Olgu, there's dark. There's lots of shadows, and if they have a civilization, Olgu's going to be down there in pretty notable amounts as well. Yeah, totally. Oh God Almighty, Hammond, did you really say that? Our <laughs> <laughs> conjecture. Why do pirates love Altdorf? They are architecture. <laughs> um, yeah, I was going to say something on that. Um, I find the uh, winds of magic particularly fascinating. I think that there is potentially a bigger discussion to have here um, because actually, in general, is going to be pretty much repelled by most of that. So it immediately gives you a different character for how the fishmen are going to have. They're going to lack the passion, the bright burning anger that comes with other species because they just, they actually just doesn't get down there. Actually, it's almost repelled by water. So that is fascinating for how these species are going to occur. And possibly what happens to them when they hit the ground, when they hit the air, it's quite possible they might frenzy. The actually in the air makes them go mad. So there's all sorts of cool stories that you could tell with the way that the magic interacts with uh, them and how they're, they are or they are not used to it. Um, I think that there's a lot of potential stories we could tell, but you'd really want to sit down and work through each of the wins and have a big think about exactly how they impact the societies down there. But that lack of actuary in particular, I think, is is going to tell a big story for the species as a whole. Mm. Uh, Bullhorn, what kind of magic would the fishmen be able to cast? Uh, I would imagine at least beasts and shadow probably also life um death would probably <laughs> life. yeah death would probably be reasonable yep um i mean and, all the wins except for actually really you um, think metal you argue. um yeah well, there's a lot of metal down at the bottom um down yeah, at the bottom sure. yeah it, it's all there um plus they've uh they've, they've got it in their blood all the creatures have got it big empty space it's no different to um it's basically no different to being above ground it's just you've got air, you've got water instead of air um you know yeah. sitting everywhere and for, if you're me, for me it would probably depend on what their technology looked like like if they had like actual tech or if it was more just biotech um for me as far They'd as probably like, go down be... the biotech route wouldn't they because it's the unused part really and more yeah that being said uh i would be shocked mm -hmm. if they didn't have their own ocean lore of magic or some kind of like divine lore if they have gods inevitably it's gonna be water-based um, the vast majority of it will be water-based, controlling currents, controlling the heat down there, controlling light to a degree as well, and how that can be used. There's all manner of stuff. Why would druids run towards the sea? Because Gyran. <laughs> that one's actually... I actually really like that one. That's a genuine Warhammer pun. Fucking hell. Hammond. Oh, shit. <laughs> wow. Hell. I can actually see a druid character using that pun. In in the uh, setting, 
Holy shit. Oh, well done, Heaven. I actually really like that one. That's a good one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, that's funny. I'm uh, just going to bring up. No, they don't need to stop, Hammond. It's half the fun sometimes. <laughs> uh, let's see. AV Pick Stream. Um, his question is, were the fi- would the Fishmen, do you think, be able to live long as elves, or would they have as short as lives as Skaven, or would they be more immortal like the Lizardmen? That, it probably would depend on the subspecies. Yeah, totally. Um, there is a lot of general myth and science attached to fish that are unchanged for effectively millennia. Um, and some fish that have apparently lived for an incredible ages so that almost certainly would be ported over to aspects of it now it being the warhammer world it would be most likely ported over to the magical or priest-like section of it in the same way that the um i don't know the gray seers for example tend to live far longer than the standards gave it um or those who sit in the council of 13 and in a similar fashion you're going to get yourself a variety of um uh, different ways that you could use it. So I think the answer would be all of the above because we've got lots of different types of potential species down there. We do know that the uh, merfolky types in general are of a similar type to harpies, which means they're of a similar age to 30s to 60s as they die towards old age, probably. But beyond that, we could pretty much go anywhere. And on Mandatus, actually, feedback mixed with old fishman magic can help explain why Lokir became so brutal, exaggerated, frenzy effect. Yeah, that's actually... Cool. That's a good theory. That's a great theory. Um, the, the big problem with coming up with these theories as well is because while I was talking, I was actually coming up with a really cool magic system for those that use the old dark vents with the heat coming up from the heat vents. Oh, yeah, that, yeah. And a really cool um, fishman wizard type that um, comes up to the really hot waters and uses the actuary where actuary and water rarely mixes um, because it's super heated because of the mantle of the earth. Yeah, the, the volcanic vents. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And then using that for a really cool, you know, bursting volcanoes out of the water oh, streams that's of lava really it's fucking really cool in that so yeah the, uh, so I say actually is right out until it's right back in again because all the winds of magic are going to manifest somewhere as is often the case yeah. oh god that would be a cool like yeah. like almost like a fire belly like kind of like a very distinct subculture within the fishermen that uses unique lore yeah, that's cool. Yeah, totally. like yeah. So thanks for that one, Mundatics. I think it's a really good idea. Uh, AV Extreme, all the Vampire Coast characters, I believe Arnis Assault Spite might be the one who's interacted with the Fishman the most. What do you think? And how do you think the Fishman would think of the daughter of uh, Mathlan slash Manon or whatever that guy's name is? Oh, so she is the daughter of Manon. Um, and her thing is that she was functionally adopted by Manon. Uh, and she was literally taken in by um, uh, mermaids or uh, and like the, uh, not not the Naiads, the sea version um and like raised she was raised on an island by them. Like they they brought her food and sustenance and she grew up because she had a mermaid tail and she was cast out of the norse tribe she was in and um uh so yeah there's she probably would know a lot more than anybody else about what's down there um though whether yeah. she would see them as friend or foe like you know it'd be hard to say I think it's just like the real um, above-ground world. There's going to be a whole mixture of different friends and foes um, sitting out there. I just want to bring up this one just so that I can bring up, because I do do mapping streams, but I've stopped for the last wee while because my computer is dying a death. I've replaced my computer. I just haven't moved it over. I'll be doing oh, this yeah. pretty, dang, pretty dang soon. So thanks very much for bringing that up, Rocker Boy, and I'm really delighted you enjoyed me doing my mapping. I will be mapping more. Hey, Mr. Pig! 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. Manganese nodes uh, grow on the ocean floor, so metal ore. I agree, because the metal will be there somewhere in the same way that actually will be there somewhere, but I think both of them um, <laughs> will need a good bit of thought for how best to integrate them. Good idea, uh, Mr. Big. Thanks very okay. much. Okay, so just because I'm looking at the time, I'm going to start kind of speeding our way through these and yep, really yep, yep. the ones that we've kind of touched on anyway. Um, is the Fishman Sharkman mod in total? Uh, I haven't tried the mod. I'll uh, have to get a look at it sometime. Uh, I don't want to play Fishman now. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> I mean, it's a mod, but you, you can, absolutely can. Um, see, do we know? Okay, so a lot of the questions that y'all are asking about, do we know X? The the vast majority of the answer is going to be no. <laughs> like, if we haven't already touched it, the answer is just no. Uh, so that's going to let me skip a lot of these. Um, uh, so uh, in the Mordheim stream, you guys mentioned that there, there it, there's absolutely a chance the fisherman might have been present during what happened uh, due to the river and lake. Does this mean a fisherman could utilize river and lake waters to spy on landlocked nations? Yes. Yes, absolutely. The fishmen, right from the very first iteration, could use both fresh and seawater. They were not restricted to seawater. Um, they were one of those rare ones that could do the cross thing. But again, there's different types of fishmen, so who can say? Yeah, who inter interacts with them the most? Interestingly enough, the Dark Elves. Um, the Dark Elves have yeah. by far the most, and it's never pleasant. Never um, let's see. Uh, ba -ba 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 -ba. Are fishmen always a threat to consider when traveling the ocean? I would say so, but so are many other things. Um, yeah. Are the great bases of the ocean, such as Krakens, directly related to the fishmen? Uh, they seem to be, but we, I don't think we could say that with confidence, whether they're like integrated or whether the fishmen just dominate them because they live in a similar environment. I would suggest that it's very similar to how any of the great species of the Warhammer world are integrated with the local civilizations. For example, griffins, are they related to the Empire? Everyone generally says yes. And then they watch a griffin tear through the local community. And everyone goes, well, that's not so integrated, is it? <laughs> <laughs> um, the griffins are controlled through a mixture of breeding or training or magic or some equivalent. And I imagine the same will be the case for the fishmen, where they will have access to certain creatures under the correct circumstances, while similar Simultaneously being predated upon by them. See, a lot of these are the questions. Unfortunately, I'm going to be skipping. Uh, let's see. Uh, Black Angle, thank you very much for the sweet message to me and Andy. Uh, a lot of nice words. Thank you very much. We really appreciate it. You um, rock. We love you. Uh, so we answer that. Uh, would the dark gods be aware of the fishmen? If the fishmen were at all sentient, yes. Um, yeah, because yeah. they would have a uh, fun fact that that would kind of mean that there'd be fishmen version of demons as well. Like what the fishmen oh, yeah. imagined demons to be like, there would be demons that manifest like that, which would probably be really fucking scary. There's going to be all manner of equivalent, basically fish beastmen communities. Um, uh, uh, things that are as weird to the fishmen as beastmen are to humans, for example. They are going to be down there. There's going to be fish beastmen for want of a better description there's going to be chaos cults there's going to be infiltrations there's going to be weird fishy type demons there's going to be the manifestation of them um with different versions that will be horrific yes to all of that it's the big world down there uh has games workshop ever expanded on them yes a lot we've talked about a lot yeah, and they're, they've shown up in age of sigmar like recently in uh, third edition they got very heavily mentioned got a whole paragraph to themselves so they seem to be, if anything, becoming more relevant. Um, mm -hmm. So I, I would not, I would not really be shocked if, because there's Games Workshop is kind of always looking for more AOS races because they tend to like more factions that aren't as big. Um, so it wouldn't shock me at all if they came out as a new destruction race because destruction could use another non-green skin race. Uh, let's see. Um, can fishmen go on land? Yep, they absolutely can. 
Um, yes. there's, there's talk in multiple books about them coming on to the shores on moonless nights to right. attack and take people down. Mm-hmm. Um, are fishmen inherently evil like Skaven? I don't know if I call them evil because uh, we don't know what their motivates them and what they're up to. Okay. And I'm going to say something controversial. Skaven are not inherently evil. I'm not saying that lots of stuff. Uh, it, 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 this is we we're going to move into moral relativism relatively soon, but I would take exception to that as a comment. We 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 don't have time. <laughs> Quite. That, that's all I'm saying. That's a that's a talk for another Skaven day. Uh, let's see. Are fishmen like beastmen, and that's varied fish faces and other aquatic creatures, but we only get described one type? I would say that's probably likely. Um, but... very possibly the case. But then you'd just be basically saying that humans were ape men. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would say like I, I they they would probably be more like beastmen where the same like type of troop could have many different features as opposed to like the lizardmen that tend to be fairly homogenous um uh, by subspecies. Um, but you know, that 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 would that would have probably have a very different answer from like a role play perspective versus a battle game perspective. Because with the battle game, you only have like so much sculpts you can work with and yada yada yada. Um Kabanda, what do we know of the shark? We already talked about that. Uh, oh, oh, okay. So this is actually good. Uh, do you think uh, he Kabanda wants to know? Is there any truth behind the connection between Stromfels and Corn? If there is, I am very saddened. So we're gonna say it just, no. Dimin- but- it diminishes the setting to try and suggest that the other gods are nothing more than the chaos gods using a different face. Yeah. There are many examples where that is definitely the case. Char is Zinch under a different name, but I strongly disapprove of Stromfels just being corn uh, under a different name. It's, they're nothing alike. Just because they mm. there's blood involved and blood in the water in no way me- means that they are the same. Yeah, me and Andy are not fans of a fairly popular theory that all of the gods are just the chaos gods with a yeah. different mask on. We hate that theory because it's boring. Um, yeah. It's not only really boring, it doesn't make sense within That's the um, setting or any example of how it was done. Now, having said that, some writers for Warhammer don't just subscribe to it. It's how they write their Warhammer, but it has never been how I've written mine when I was doing it. Uh, let's say, since it's Fishmen, did the humans name them that way or is it an elder races? Ah, mm. Humans. Humans. Um, uh, yeah, the, the, the fishmen, in the same way that the lizard men are not called the lizard men, they've got a variety of different names for their bits. It's just an outside name for us to understand it. The fishmen would be the same. Yeah, there's a, you have to keep in mind that there's always kind of a thing of like authors trying to explain to you, the reader, what you're looking at and dealing with versus what the races themselves would call it. Like the high, the elves would probably not call the lizard men the lizard men. They would probably have a very specific elther in turn for it. We yeah. don't really, we don't really get to hear it that much because the writers are trying to communicate to you what the elf is talking about yeah i was um, to give you an example of that i was current i was just literally last night writing a career for halfling chefs and i didn't want to call it chef because that's a bretonian word but i did and, and i know what the halfling word for it is but if i did that everyone would go what the fuck is this career and that is the issue that you're often left with you're like what is this thing the second you use the correct term dwarfs are called dwarfs by dwarfs they're called the dawi um but nevertheless we still use the word dwarfs to encompass that particular species uh yeah uh, uh kind of an interesting question would the fishmen have a land form and a water form from what we see no they're just able to breathe on land but it could yeah. be some of them might 
have, so have, I'm going to say yes for some of them. In fact, I'm going to go beyond could to definitely yes for some, given that the Nereids, the Oceanids, the uh, Naiads, the Dryads, they are all shapeshifters, every single last one of them. And some of them also have slight connotations with the moon. So um, the fact that they've had children and those children have almost certainly taken on some of their traits means that some of the fishermen species out there are almost certainly gently shapeshifting to in one fashion or another. Okay, this is a fucking cool question. Jimmy, oh, I love fucking cool um, ones. Do you think some of the fish would breed like salmon where they release their eggs upstream and eventually have to make their way to the ocean? See, now, if I was writing it, the answer would be yes. Um, you would be looking to try and ensure that you had methods of bringing these otherworldly, and I do mean otherworldly because the oceans are so big, these otherworldly creatures into contact with and into conflict with the other characters that you are attempting to use, either in a story or as a roleplay game or anything else. And that is one way to do it, to show that there are certain types of species that require moving into freshwater to breed and then moving out of the freshwater to continue on their lives. And I think that uh, the fact that they can already do that with their initial interpretation of them, which was that they can work in both freshwater and saltwater, um, gives you a very good reason to do that, which immediately brings them into conflict which immediately makes them perhaps even more secretive to try and hide the fact because in many respects this could be uh, the source of some of the um, gods of the river um, rumors and myths that exist purely because mm -hmm. they've they have to go to a particular lake for one uh, group of them now i'm not saying the entire species does that no screw that but i am saying that perhaps one offshoot or one group does that because that's super fun and makes for a really nice scenario yeah, plus that would like really make some interesting stuff of that when people encounter them on the rivers or lakes, they're either encountering breeders or they're encountering freshborns, which could mean that they're like the freshborns are particularly smaller or more aggressive or the breeders are especially aggressive because they're vulnerable. Uh, like there could be some really interesting things there. Um, half ground, uh, do the gods, do the, do all the various gods of the empire over lakes and rivers have any influence uh, over the fishmen? Um, hmm. I think that's a really fascinating question. Um, one of the biggest mistakes uh, that are often made by people who play, for example, Warhammer Fantasy roleplay, is to conflate Manan, the god of the seas, with the gods of the rivers, who are completely different freshwater deities with a completely different structure associated with very different spirits to the ocean. They are not the same. But if we're looking at species that can work in both salt water and fresh water, then there is going to be some crossover there, which means that there is going to be spirits that they encounter that are different, which means that we're going to have basically diplomacy going on um, as we move from one type to another type. Are some of those freshwater gods going to exist in the fishmen that make their way through their lives? Yes, which means some will be worshipped, some won't be worshipped. There's going to be lots of connections between them, but it's going to be down to the communities. If you're a fishman community, um, that lives in the center of the ocean, they're never going to even see fresh water probably for their entire lives or any of their ancestors or descendants' lives. So it's going to be different according to that. And where they are geographically located, I think will change that for them. So the answer is, it's probably very complicated. Yep. Uh, let's see. Are there Bishman, Beastmen Fishmen? Technically, yes, they're called Lakemen. You can find them in the Knights of the Grail second edition book. It's a fun read. Yeah, and I would say that that is a starting point for the enormous swath that there almost certainly exists everywhere. Because yep. chaos, chaos, the closer you get to the gates, the more everything mutates and the more that 
the equivalent of Beastmen will be the case. Uh, Mike Tusky, what kind of gods would the Fishmen worship? Uh, I would take into account what their environment would be like. What are the things that they would feel they need to worship? What are the things that would be dangerous to them or critical to their way of life? And that would probably heavily influence what their gods would be if yeah, they have gods. Yeah, I, they probably do. It's Warhammer. Yep. Uh, let's see. Uh, why are Fishmen only kind of seen near Lestria? Um, if that's where, uh, why not do they go to Araby or Bretonia? Uh, A, they, they might be, there might be other forces that live in the oceans around there that are not friendly to them and therefore push them out. And plus there's loads of fishmen equivalents over there already, as we've discussed previously in the stream. Yes. Uh, let's see. Um, okay. We've already answered that. We've answered that. Uh, we've answered that. Uh, are there any sea monsters that are regarded to be useful or problematic to them? Uh, we know they tend to have a lot of krakens. Um, they tend to work i mean they tend to work with all of the species but i would not like andy said earlier with griffins i wouldn't be surprised if there's krakens that prey on them or behemoths yeah. that prey on them or whatever uh it probably just ah. depends on what's going on does for uh, me i agree uh, uh let's see moving on moving on um oh this is okay this could be kind of a fun question of infiltrator mm -hmm. Troy asks, uh how do you think fishmen would uh do you think there would be fishmen that perceive the world in different ways not just relying on eyesight considering how dark the deep ocean is and eyesight isn't that useful Yes. Yes. That would yeah. be super fucking fun, actually. Yeah, definitely. Um, um, I was already considering that because I was building in my head a set of rules and how I'd portray them. Um, and I would almost certainly have some form of deep one equivalent where eyesight is not a requirement. They're using a very different set of senses. Plus, you've also got water pressure and how that's going to influence them as well. And I think there's some, some super fascinating ways that you could take that for how they can bring themselves up to the surface. So, yeah, there's all manner of cool in there. Yep. Uh, Space Hero, can fantasy fishmen are in AOS? They already are. They're called the Abhaleth, aka Chasm Dwellers. Yep. Um, let's see. How similar are the Lovecraftian Deep Ones and the Fishmen? I imagine there would be some strong similarities because Games Workshop likes to steal ideas. <laughs> that is their bread and yeah. butter. I don't I don't think that uh, they could almost help themselves, um, although I would like to hope that they would go much further than that. Uh, okay, we already answered that. We already answered that. Uh, we already answered that. Any relation to crab people <laughs> look like crab, or, or uh, what is it? Looked like people taste like crab. <laughs> uh, let's see. Um, we already answered that. We answered that. Uh, is it possible to communicate with the fishmen? Uh, probably. In the same uh, way, it's possible to communicate with the lizardmen. They're a different species with a different language. They are intelligent. Um, we know that. Um, but they are also broadly speaking, um, antagonists. Um, to the vast majority of what we would consider to be the civilizations of the Warhammer world. Yep. Uh, Jack Diego, are, do fishmen have ladies or are they like the lizardmen with no gender? So, okay, there's this kind of annoying thing where like the English language decided to do the stupid thing where men means two different things and that it can mean like mankind is in like the species or it could mean just the gender of men. Um, but when you're talking about lizard men, fish men, beast men, you're talking about a species, not a gender. Uh, yeah. But think about how fucking difficult it is for a human to like, if I put two fish in front of you and one was male and one was female and they didn't have like extreme dimorphism, you would not be able to tell the difference. Fishmen yep. would probably be the exact same. Yeah. Um, I would, um, I would be very shocked if they were not gendered. Um, I, I would be beyond shocked if they didn't have different sexes. Yeah. Cause yeah. that's, that's It'd kind of a loserman green skin specific thing. Um, not being gendered. Um, Oh gosh. Okay. Uh, -la 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 -la. there's still more. How many is there? There's, there's only like, uh, we're done. Oh, we're done. Oh, wow. That was quick. 
Uh, yep, we're done because the rest of these, uh, we appreciate them, but they technically came in afterwards and we're out of time. So, sorry. oh, you <laughs> naughty people posting them after we started this. Stream. Um, the, the last question I will allow in is do we think there'd be any big connections between the fishmen and the moons? Which we covered this in the Morselib episode, and I would say fucking absolutely to a billion percent. Um, you've got to remember that the tidal swells are, uh, it are put in place by the moons the entire sweep of their wind for want of a better description um the way the currents move are dictated by the movements of mansleave to a large degree a morsleave to a chaotic degree you've got to get in your heads that this is not the real world in the warhammer world they have two moons and the second moon is massively erratic and often appears in a variety of different ways, often closer to the Warhammer world than it really should be. That being the case, tides are flung in different directions and in unpredictable directions, meaning that their lives to a degree would almost be dictated by the moons, even if they never actually saw them. They, it's the Warhammer world, so if there's any wizards out there, they'll feel them. They'll be able to actually perceive them up through the great depths of the water. So I'd say that moon worship is very likely. And if I was trying to create them as a species and try to ensure that I had a species that interacted with the vast majority of the rest of the Warhammer world, I would want to add a detail like that because that gives them a reason to come to the surface, to come up towards where they can see the moons, to be spotted, to take part in the world. Because if they're just sitting at the bottom of the ocean, they as well might not exist. What's the point of even having them in your setting? There isn't one. What you want to do is bring them up and use them. And that would be one way of doing it. Not the only way, obviously. There's many ways you could do yeah, that. I was, but what I, was... I would say, yeah. Yes. Yeah, and I would say that um, there are specific mentions that some of the fishmen only attack when there's no moon. No moon, yeah. So there's no moonlight and the ocean is still. That's the only time they come up. So it and could like be there are, some of them are afraid of the moon or they know the mm -hmm. tides are unpredictable. So they only come up when that's not a factor. So that's or, what consider. or perhaps that's when the winds rise and it makes them angrier or perhaps there's a whole host of things you could do with it um, or they are, hold the moons particularly sacred and they, they don't want the moon to be looking at them while they're doing particular deeds. There's all manner of cool that you could drop into that. Just these little uh, little snapshots of detail that have been provided can create vast swathes of what the society could be. I personally really like the, the uh, I was about to say lizardmen, the fishmen. <laughs> Um, I, I would really like them not to be called fishbane because I am freaking done with take an animal and put man on the end because it's shit. Hey, I think honestly, end. I think Chasm Dweller Apoleths are great names. Uh, Apoleth I, I, is definitely very um, Lovecraftian taken. Yeah, totally. Um, and I think that um, I, I think though them for our dark elfy ones, as possibly even having originally come from there, would be beautiful. I really like it. Um, and it speaks to an ancient, ancient species. I really, really like that. Yeah, so, but we're out of time. Yeah. We gotta go. So uh, Yeah, we do. Yeah. I want to say thanks to everyone because we got an awful lot out of what looked like it could be a very, very small subject, yeah, but it wasn't. It was a huge one. And your, your questions was, were super cool. Thanks so much. That was great. Yeah, the questions were awesome from the live chat and the, the yeah. Discord. Thank you all very much. Uh, we appreciate y'all being here. Uh, I hope you all enjoyed Spooky Month, where we kind of did like a lot of very yeah. spooky themes. Uh, I'm I'm gonna really be wanting to go to some kind of non-spooky topics. I really want to be hitting the Empire hard probably for the next month or two. Um, there's a lot of cool things going on. Um, as a very quick thing, uh, make sure to check out Lawhammer over on uh, this channel where you are right now. Subscribe, 
uh, if you're on YouTube, follow if you're on Twitch, and also subscribe if you're on Twitch um, to make mm-hmm. sure that you don't miss Please. any episodes. Blimer series, fantastic. Uh, go back, check out episode one. It just crossed over 15,000 views. It's looking great. Wow, so go check that out. Watch it. Get caught up with the series. The last episode was amazing from what I've heard. I'm going to watch it tomorrow. Uh, also make sure to check out Rookery Publications. They stream every Saturday at uh, 1 p.m. British Ooh. time. And so no, 7 might... p.m. British time. Yeah, totally. 7 p.m. 1 p.m. my time, except for Daylight Savings has fucked everything up now. Um, so uh, yeah so every every friday check out lawhammer every saturday check out rookery publications uh do you know who you're gonna have on this week uh we are doing our own halloweeny thing this week oh, okay so it's gonna be a special episode so uh, make sure you that. uh yeah, and then uh last uh, inside the spookery oh, you tried hard <laughs> for that one good job <laughs> added you added a letter <laughs> <laughs> it was it was tough it was super hard to not <laughs> really stretching those creative muscles uh and then if you like uh please check me over on uh, lore master sotech on twitch and youtube uh, also feel free to join our discord communities we're active there and lots of things are going on and uh thank you all for watching and we're gonna yep. get out of here i would also like to just add uh because we are on my channels make sure you do go over to sotex and do do the uh clicky 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 subscribe thing over there too particularly given that we do our questions pre-submitted ones over on Sotex discord channel there should hopefully be a link for that sitting inside youtube if you're over there if there isn't yes. one a bloody bad one because i meant to add one so there should be a link for that already for you to, be able to jump into Sotex um discord do do so um because that's where you can put your pre-submitted questions yep and that's it for us thank you all very much for watching and we will see you guys next week you certainly shall. And with and, that, yeah, bye-bye. Vote will, be on this channel. vote will be on this channel. Bye. Vote will be on this channel. Bye. <laughs>